Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk to recorded live. It is May 14th, 2015 at 7.34 p.m. I'm in Bangor, Maine, up in the top of the United States, up on the East Coast, way up. Um, and it's a little chilly tonight. I've got, I got all kinds of stuff. i got wool socks on. I'm chilled. So warming up a little bit. Um, I hope everybody's had a good week. I'm sorry I wasn't here last week. I had a very bad headache and just would not go away, so I had to cancel out, and I felt kind of bad to leave everyone in the lurch. Um, But I had a lot of stuff going on, and it was just one more thing that I could not do. So I figured I'll just take the week off. And, boy, you know, some of us were still slogging through this stuff when um, some people have had to give up. They've had to take some time off, and I understand that because it's, darned exhausting. So um, I still see some positive signs. I still see things going on and uh, know that it's because of the work that's been done behind the scenes. Um, I wish I had linked to something that I saw this week that I really, really liked. I don't know if I can find it. Maybe Dottie will come in and she'll know where it is. So I think Dottie's going to be here later. I don't know if she'll call in, but she might. She had, uh, I think she had posted something on her Facebook about um, a group of people down in the city of Biddeford where we have some real big controversy going on concerning um, sexual abuse of boys back, back away in the day. Back in the day, these are men that are grown up now who have come out saying that people on the police force in the city of Biddeford were taking advantage of them and and uh, sexually abusing them, and they want something done about it. They want some justice. They want something done about it because at the time things were covered up, and it's been quite the story. They've had hearings down there. They've had people who have lived in the city for a long time who are fighting amongst themselves, Um, and it's just it's a big deal. It's a big deal right now in Maine. Okay, let's see what else I have going on here because I just, like I said, I didn't get here, so I just kept on collecting links for this week on top of what I already had. Um, Big big earthquakes going on over there in Nepal and in Japan. Uh, I don't know what's going on, why they're all seeming to happen in Asia, but just, you know, for a little sideline, what I was thinking is, there are people very upset with Asia right now because they're the ones that actually have the money. You know, they're the that's where the control is right now as far as in the big money realms. And uh, all I can think of is that that's a targeted area for these types of weapons that put a lot of energy into the ground or, you know, um, shake things up. And yes, they can do it. They do it with sound frequencies. So I don't know, but... I find it interesting that if you go and look at the uh, uh, seismic monitor, I think it's called on the IRIS website, 
Well, it's not quite so obvious now. It was a couple of days ago. There's a lot right now in South America. But a few days ago, and you can see when I give you this link, if you don't already know where it is, they were there were some huge ones over there. And there were hardly any on our side, hardly any on North or South America a few days ago. So if you look at this, you'll see the yellow ones. The yellow ones are a few days ago, and they're big ones. You've probably heard about them anyway, but that's all the earthquakes going on. It's a big deal if you live there, that's for sure. Very big deal. That was one thing I saved because I was watching that. A lot of times I'll just save things on my link page because I don't want to lose it. I want to go back and look at it myself, and it has nothing to do with UDA. Um, I don't know what to say start with. I think what I'm going to start with is a New York Times article that came out April 25th. And I had some stuff going on this week that I'm starting to feel like once again, you know, we're we're not dying quick enough, you know, we're baby boomers, we're supposed to just get off the stage, we're supposed to die and die quickly, and we're getting lots of messages from people and some of them close to us that it's time for us to turn over our you know, assets and funds and everything else to somebody else to manage. And I'm sorry, but you know, let's let's be honest here. We're, uh, you know, we're in our 60s, a lot of us, and uh, we're far from ready to sit down in a chair and watch TV the rest of our life. So, um, some of us in real life have been talking about this being put in the media so much lately. And this article is one of the ones that they gave me, and it kind of sets the tone of what's going on. It's something we're hearing in more than one place. So um, I think while I'm waiting to see if anybody else is going to show up, I'm going to read to you, see if anybody else shows up. If Dottie comes, maybe she will call in if we ask her to, and she can talk about some of the stuff going on in Maine. Dottie's program, Maine Exposed, with Lise DuPont and uh, Phil Merletti that has been going on the last few months has ended for a while. They're taking a break. So Maybe Dottie has some news, and maybe we can get her to start calling in if she will. So if I'm reading and she comes in, see if you can get her uh, get her to want to call in, and we can talk about Maine a little bit more. Okay? All right, I'm going to go and get that article. It was in the New York Times, like I said, and um, somebody drew my attention to it because of the conversation we were having about people starting to take their their parents' assets or grandparents' assets as though it belongs to them and not the person who actually owns the asset, which is the parent or the grandparent, okay? <clears throat> it's, uh, as cognition slips, financial skills are often the first to go. And I think this was a rewrite from an earlier article because I found a similar one from 2010, I think it was. So I think we're getting poked to tell us that we it's time for us to give up our assets. When Helen Clark brought her father-in-law, then 83, to the doctor last year, she knew his mind was slowing, but a mental status exam confirmed it. He knew the year where he lived and the name of the president, but when the doctor asked him to count backward from 100, subtracting 7 from each number, 193, 86, 79, a look of confusion washed over his face. Studies show that the ability to perform simple math problems as well as handling financial matters are typically one of the first set of skills to decline in diseases of the mind like Alzheimer's, and Ms. Clark's father-in-law, who suffered from mild dementia, was no exception. 
research has also shown that even cognitively normal people may reach a point where financial decision making becomes more challenging. A person can appear to have their wherewithal cognitively, but not have the ability to understand money in the same way anymore, said Ms. Clark, a retired registered nurse and family therapist in Cottonwood, California. The issue looms large, particularly as the number of older people continues to rapidly expand. There are 44.7 million people 65 and older, representing 14% of the population, according to the most recent census data but within 10 years, they will swell to an estimated 66 million. This group collectively holds trillions of dollars in wealth, but are often left to manage their own finances even as they become increasingly vulnerable. About half of adults in their 80s either have dementia or at least some cognitive impairment without dementia, researchers said. If you can detect emerging financial impairment early, you can also step in early and protect the person, said Daniel Marson. A, a neuropsychologist and director of the Alzheimer's Disease Center at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. It may be if you step in two months from now, they won't be in a position to make a poor decision or be exploited a year from now. For Ms. Clark's father-in-law, Francis Taylor, the intervention came too late. At 80 years old, he married a woman 17 years his junior who over their three-year union, according to the family, cashed $40,000 in blank checks sent by his credit card issuer and emptied the contents of his $123,000 annuity, leaving him with little more than a giant tax bill. Mr. Taylor, a former diesel mechanic and Korean War veteran, gave his wife permission to make two annuity withdrawals over the phone, but his wife, who couldn't be reached for comment, made 20 more withdrawals on her own by using her husband's social security number and other identifying information and signing papers to direct money into a joint account according to documents provided by Ms. Clark. After an internal investigation, MetLife, the annuity provider, concluded that it had followed proper procedures. Preventing these situations is often difficult. Knowing exactly when to get involved can be fraught, whether you're an adult child or a trusted advisor. There are a series of early warning signs of financial decline which Dr. Marson identified in a recent study, which is being submitted for publication and was funded by the National Endowment for Financial Education and the National Institute on Aging. The signs, while perhaps not surprising, are subtle, making them easy to miss. It may become more difficult for people to identify the risks in a particular investment, and they may focus too much on the benefits. Completing various tasks on a financial to-do list may start to take longer, such as preparing bills for the mail. Everyday math may become more laborious or prone to errors, whether that's figuring out a tip in a restaurant or doing a calculation that requires two steps. Financial concepts like medical deductibles and minimum balances required in savings accounts may also become harder to grasp. Naturally, these behaviors should represent a significant change. If a person was never adept with personal finances, this won't serve as much of an indicator. Dr. Marston said, he identified these warning signs as part of a study of 138 older adults over time who were initially deemed cognitively normal by a panel of four doctors when they joined the study and after at least one annual follow-up visit. Participants were also timed as they completed financial tasks in a lab. 
23 members of the group later received a diagnosis of mild cognitive impairment, but when the researchers went back and looked at the original results of the financial capacity test, when the group members were deemed cognitively normal, there were already subtle signs of slowing and financial decline. The group that would later decline already had some emerging signs, Dr. Marston said, though they weren't glaring. While many people continue to handle their finances with ease well into their later years, even people with healthy brains tend to experience cognitive de decline. According to one study which analyzed participants' propensity to make financial mistakes, a person's financial decision-making ability peaks at age 53 or more generally in their 50s. This is the sweet spot, the paper said, because they have substantial amounts of experience, but they have had only modest declines in their ability to solve new problems. <clears throat> there is a general tendency for our ability to solve new problems, known as fluid intelligence, to slowly decline over time starting as early as age 20, but this is at least partly offset by our growing experiences and wisdom known as crystallized intelligence. So most of us have crystallized intelligence, I just thought I'd let you know. <clears throat> it sounds nice, doesn't it? David Labson, an economics professor at Harvard and co-author of the research, said he believed that crystallized intelligence tended to plateau when people reached their 70s. That plateau, accompanied with declining fluid intelligence, might explain why older consumers made more financial mistakes than middle-aged ones in his study. At that point, vulnerability increases, Professor Labson said. Our nation's wealth is disproportionately held by older adults and they are exactly the group, particularly as they reach their 80s and 90s, that are the most vulnerable. But our system has the fewest protections for those people. He said he wishes all 65-year-olds would start by simplifying their financial lives, reducing the money clutter to just a few mutual funds at a reputable institution. And then there are the boilerplate tools, including wills, revocable living trusts, durable financial power of attorney, and health care directives. Financial institutions often want their own powers of attorney filled out, so it helps to put them in place before you need them. If ready access to more credit isn't important, advisors suggested freezing elders' credit files so criminals cannot attempt to open accounts in their names. Automate bill payments. If adult children suspect a parent needs watching over, they can also ask financial institutions to send duplicate statements or notices if a parent misses a long-term care insurance payment, for example. Monitoring can also easily be done from afar with online access to accounts, but that sort of access can be disastrous in the wrong hands. If the person does not have trusted family members or friends, a licensed fiduciary can be a good alternative to monitor accounts at Carolyn Rosenblatt, an elder lawyer and author who counsels families on aging-related issues. Another financial advisor asks his clients to assemble what he calls a protective tribe or a handful of people who are willing to step in and assist if and when the need arises. The protective tribe is important because senior abuse is often committed by a close relative or trusted professional, said Jean-Luc Bourdon, a certified public accountant who specializes in financial planning in Santa Barbara, California. A tribe is needed to have checks and balances. Many estate planning lawyers and financial planners ask their clients to name a person they can contact if they suspect their cognitive skills may be on the decline, sometimes called a letter of diminishing capacity. The document typically authorizes the advisor to raise the issue with a trusted individual the client names. 
Bob Rawl, a financial planner in Merritt Island, Florida, said it came in handy when a widow with modest assets asked if he could send her $50,000 so she could host an 80th birthday party. I immediately called her daughter, who the client had previously given me the authorization to speak with. He said, after a discussion, we decided to send her mom $15,000. She still had a pretty nice party. For many families, there isn't much margin for error. Ms. Clark's father-in-law still has the equity in his home. She intervened just as his wife was completing the paperwork for a reverse mortgage. Although this is tragic for my father-in-law, Ms. Clark said, what I'm even more concerned about is the lack of accountability when fraud occurs across the board for elders in this position. So I guess um, the stories that I'm hearing lately are making me feel like the people you trust are not who you should trust and that you should find somebody completely, you know, objective, somebody who's not even in the family possibly because of the things that are happening. They are um, um, stories of people who are taking advantage of their elderly parents or of um, relatives who had assets. And um, once the assets are depleted or signed over, then they're abusive to the person who actually earned them. I've heard the story a lot in the past week and a half, and it is kind of alarming because it seems to be like it's popping up everywhere all of a sudden. And um, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Denard, as far as Nepal goes, I'm not sure. I don't know what causes those things to happen all at once. <clears throat> okay, so... I guess be aware of the fact that there's lots of messages in the media right now saying that everybody that's over a certain age is like incompetent and needs help. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Um, there's stuff on here that I'm not really all that interested in now because it faded out over the week. So I'm looking through the links to see if there's anything else that's kind of... Um, oh, there was something about Social Security benefits and about getting them earlier if you don't really have to, um, if it's, if you need to um, take money out so that you can enjoy your life, do it earlier and don't wait until 70 to get more money. Do it earlier so that you can actually live and enjoy yourself while you're younger instead of waiting until you're older and you might not be able to even collect that long. Um Stuff going on, obviously, in the political realm with the Clintons, the Obamas, all that stuff is like a story every day, as you know. And what's the, um, trying to see what's the, okay, some of the stuff was related to people I know that have nothing to do with anything here. Okay, I'm going to go back in the chat see if there's anybody there that has a question or anything that they're interested in. Yeah. Um, the um the thing with the seismograph, the, what what I was talking about with that was that when I opened it up a few days ago, all of the earthquake energy for the entire planet seemed to be focused in one area which I found interesting and it was big stuff I mean how many 
how many big faults could you have to have earthquakes like that taking place? They weren't aftershocks. They were just big earthquakes. And they were, I mean, they were two big ones in Nepal, and there was one big one in Japan, I think. There may have even been two. But they were just, you know, in that one area. Everything else was pretty quiet, and that just seems kind of odd to me. That's all. So I don't know. I'm not the one with the uh, stuff stuck in the ground, so. Okay, so I gave you the one on cognition and money. I don't know. I don't even know what's really that important right now to, to um, go over because we're at the point now where everything is at the top. It's at the top. It, we have no way of seeing it. It's behind the scenes or behind the curtain or whatever. So, Okay, let's see. Jenard agrees with Bill Fink, a man who murdered someone when he worked as a cop and Jenard worships him. Mute Jenard. So guest six is upset with Jenner. So, um, and who's a Jenner? Who's a dangerous psychopath? Are you say Bill Fink is or Jenard is? Hard to say what they're talking about. I see Dottie has come in. Dottie, would you like to call in tonight and tell us about Biddeford a little bit? I was waiting for you to see if you would because you're not having a chance to talk on your own program if you're not doing it. So is there any way you'd like to call in and talk about it? I'm sorry, Guest 6, that you're upset with Jen Art. I'm going to see. Let's see. Okay, I don't even know who these people are, so it's not going to do any good to tell me about it. People have to make their own decisions based on what they know in their own life and, uh, you know, who the sources are. Sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not good. So you can have one person think somebody's the best source on the planet about something and they know everything about it. And then next week you find out that they were, you know, a liar. So I'm going to unmute Dottie and let's see what she has to say. Hi, Dottie. Hey, how you doing? I'm just all right. Hanging in there. Okay. What choice do we have, right? I yeah, know I was, it. <laughs> yeah. I was talking before you came, I was talking earlier about um, how I had seen something. I don't know where it was, but I think it might have been on Facebook, about a group of people in Biddeford who wrote a statement about a meeting they're going to have and they're running it. Do you remember that? Was oh, they did it? They've been, uh, they've had a, a council meeting, then there was a commissioner's meeting, yeah. uh, and they're going back to the council, from what I read, next week again. Um, you know, Chief is saying, you know, he doesn't know anything. You know, it doesn't know anything. The Chief knows exactly what's going on. He's a participant in what's going on there in Biddeford. And, this was um, something where a group of people told them about a meeting that they will be at and that the people will be running the meeting and that they will be serving the people at the meeting. Did they you will be that? what? S serving? 
yeah, they were they were saying they were going to stop a they were going to hold a meeting and the council had to be there and they were going to be running the meeting. The people were and that they were going to be running it, not the other way around because the people were the boss. And I well, was so I loved it. I was like, "Wow, that's really cool," but I don't know where I saw it. I read it like within the last 2 days. Well, I know that they're complaining that, you know, the town council meetings are not really for the people. Um, but, you know, the people are the, are the representatives, really. They're this, the council people are their spokespeople. And they want to be part of this and not be um, suppressed at the podium. Uh, right. If that's the one that you're talking about, then they had um, a meeting at a community center. Um, I heard about that one, too. I think this is a different thing, but I'm not positive of it. I'm going to see if I can find it. I don't know where it would be, but let me see if I can find it. Because uh, I, well, I just it, read it. I was, like, flabbergasted. I went, wow, these people aren't fooling around. No, I'm glad, you know, that Matt, Matt Lozon is stepping up, but he's seeing you know, the so-called process in the making. And, yeah. uh, you know... For years and years, uh, some of us did what he's doing now, and uh, people shouldn't have to be spending this kind of time, uh, you know, seeking justice. And, That's right. I agree. Um, I'm trying to think of which meeting that you're. you're well, I just put Matt Lowe's on Facebook page up because he has all his stuff on there, and it is an open public Facebook page, so people can share. Um, he is the person who is, I think he came forward first, didn't he, Dottie? Yeah, he was the one that came forward. And yeah. uh, as he spoke, others came forward. And, uh, you know, some of the people I know, and uh, but let me just mention, I can't get on Matt's page because he unfriended me. Oh, he did? And I'm well, really... I just posted it, so that, and I'm not a friend of his, and I can read it. So it must be that he blocked you, so you can't even look at it. Well, you know, whenever you know someone was saying something, I put a comment up, nothing to to hurt anybody, but just try to educate people. Yeah. Um, I know exactly the people that he thinks are going to help him. Yeah. Whether it's from the AG's office. So you or, were warning him. Or the council, or you know, and I just put up things that I knew about, and uh, apparently somebody didn't like that. And I'm just trying to save him from running all over the same places that we've already run through. Yeah. Um, and just to beware of who says you're go- they're going to help you, uh, because I know them as being part of it, whether they're investigators from the AG's office yeah. um, or others, uh, you know, officials, in Biddeford, and uh, you know, I know all of the players, and in my opinion, they can't be believed nor trusted. But Matt did go to meet with the governor today, from what I'm reading. Yeah, and uh, you know, the governor says, you know, that's a different, um, you know, the AG is a different branch of government, but he was going to see what he could do to help because he understands what Matt is talking about which is just hit, you know he's been there himself but oh, are you um, able to read it now you mean can you see it now uh you mean 
um, the his Facebook, Facebook page, or did you just see it some other place that he went to see the governor? Okay, wait a minute. Are you talking about the link that you just put up? Yeah, Matt Lozon's Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, sorry, this this page isn't available. See, he's blocked oh. me. He well, then how did me. you know that he went to see the governor? Did you read an article? Yeah, it was on the news. Okay. So, you know, on the news. I watched the reports on the news and um, other places that I get information from. Okay. But, uh, I, you know, I really feel bad and I, I feel hurt that he would, you know, do this because I was communicating with him uh, yeah. when, he, when he first came out and I support him 100%. And I'm just wondering if somebody told him. Don't A lot of people have been... Uh, cutting people off on Facebook lately. And uh, and that's how we're getting a lot of our news, which is kind of unfortunate because I feel the same way you do. You can't even, um, you know, you can't get back once they do that. How are you going to get back? You can't talk to them. Well, I don't know. I really feel bad. I just have a feeling that someone may have said, um, you know, Mm -hmm. don't talk to her because that's been done in the past. If you want to lose your business, talk to her. And you watch how fast you'll lose your business. But to be controlled like that, I know, you know that, that's not me. And uh, as I said, I was communicating with him at the beginning. And um, I, I don't know what's, what's behind it, but uh, I'm hurt by it. And uh, what's the reason behind it? Is, an, is it another... Uh, Bray type thing that's going on. You know, there's a, an unwritten rule in the Biddeford Police Department that I learned of oh, years ago that his officers were not to speak to me. Huh. An unwritten rule. And on Monday mornings, I was told, you know, when they go in for their weekly whatever schedule to know what's coming up for the week, that is on the agenda not to talk to me. Huh. You know why? You know why? They may learn something. And uh, Yeah, true. You know, so I, I really feel bad. You know, I think Matt is, is a good man and trying to do exactly what he's supposed to be doing, what is right, because they can't do anything right, and they haven't for a long, long time. All it is is one big uh, curtain up there, and I pulled the curtain aside a long time ago. Yeah, and, anytime. You know, when, when he's going to talk to, you know, such and such an investigator and, oh, he's such a good investigator. Well, if this guy is such a good investigator, um, and I'll name him, Polari. Polari was is an investigator. And when I ran for office, um, they didn't want me in Augusta. And I know I won that rigged election. This is the one that they tampered with ballots. The post yeah. office didn't mail out my campaign flyers. Yeah. You know that whole story. I well, think course, so. What what year was that? 2004. Yeah. Now that should have been investigated, but yeah. instead, because you know, and I filed uh, my concerns here with the Secretary of State and uh, the Attorney General's office, and Bopre, Chief Bopre, trumped up charges against my workers on my campaign. These were, you know, El. More of them were elderly rather than young. Um, And they trumped up charges that they arm-twisted the elderly to vote for me. Well, that's not so. That's not true. And Bopri had all all of my guys arrested. 
So Polari investigated this, Detective Polari, who's going to help Matt, supposedly. And I really feel bad because, if, you know, Matt thinks that he's such a great investigator. This guy, when he investigated this fraudulent election in Bedford, he should have brought into the fact um, the post office uh, is violating federal law. I mean, that's a federal offense when you don't mail mail stuff out. And running under the clean election, you know, they, that was the law. You could run as a clean election candidate. That's all your money. That's all the people's money, all those yeah. stamps. Yeah. That's all of your money. And, and he didn't even look at that. You know, he didn't look at any of that. He tried to intimidate me and my workers, um, but he couldn't find anything on me. As hard as they tried to pin some stuff on me, they couldn't. I wasn't doing anything wrong. And, uh, you know, Beaupre trumped up these charges, and the rest is history. But if this detective is such a great detective, he would have done something uh, about this election instead of covering it up and playing along with the chief. And as I'm listening to all these things that are going on and, and Beaupre's lies that I know of, um, and, and this whole SWAT team thing, um, and this attorney coming to my defense after they arrested me saying, I, I just got out of the hospital, and I could see that. She had an oxygen tank with her. She says, I know what's going on, and I don't like it. Well, I, I've been after an investigation into the city of Biddeford on several things, and this is yeah. just another one. So I believe that Beaupre concocted this whole deal with the SWAT team and all that. He didn't have to do that. All he did was knock on my door. He had a warrant. If you had a warrant, bring it in and come in. They didn't have to do what they did. Yeah. And I think he created this scene with the help of some city officials and got the okay, I think, with the Attorney General that nothing would go on and uh, created a scene to upset the public, the community. Yeah, because you said it was near a school, right? Oh, yes. They had to close the school down. The people were fearful. They um, thought there was some crazy woman over there. Oh, yeah, with an arsenal of weapons. And, I mean, you know, they had the newspapers and TV, you know, really yeah. humanizing me. Well, I and would if there was a SWAT team in my neighborhood. I'd be out there wanting to know what's going on, too. I mean, it makes a scene, yes. It well, scares yeah, people. It created a scene. and. and unnecessary but yeah. you know now that's upset the people people are pissed off at me because they think uh what was in the paper was true and it's not uh it's i caught them set up. huh it was a setup so I, it was it was a setup yeah I, I just wish that there was another attorney that would come forward if you know this one attorney came forward and to my uh, you know to my defense here and knows what's going on. And I tried to reach her sometime after that, but I have a feeling she might have passed away. But there are a few um, former counselors or state uh, representatives that know what went on. And I wish they would come forward because, you know, I'm in a bad light here with people that I grew up with. This is my my hometown. I mean, it, it's not like it was when I grew up. But um, That's for sure. It's just the people that are supposedly going to help, in my opinion, are not going to help. 
all right? They've dragged this on for months now as it is, and that's what they do. And it's the same players. Yeah, and then and after everything fades out of the public view because they're tired of hearing about it, then they do whatever they're going to do in the first place. They just wait you out. Well, that's what they try to do, and it, it yeah. does wear some people out. Uh, some people die uh, fighting this. And I know what's going on in, in the city of Biddeford in more ways than one. Yeah. Uh, well, but, when you live somewhere for a long time, you do know all the people. That's one of the things that happens in Maine. You know well, the people and you know who they're related to and who they were married to first before they got divorced and everything. You know everything uh, about them. And having a business, you know, I knew a lot of people oh, in yeah. the county, in the county, not just the town, you know. But I, I'm glad that Matt and the and the other guys are stepping up. Uh, I just hate to see them running down the same same paths, thinking they're going to get a good result. Uh, the yeah. Attorney General, this one, current one, and every one of them that I have documented back to Jim Tierney back in the, I think he came in there in the, 60s, late 60s, early 70s, and then he was done. I think that's the year. And all the way back as far as him, there's no change. The pattern is the same. It's just a change of face. It's just another person taking over in the AG's office. It's it's really pitiful. I mean, it's beyond pitiful. Yeah. So I hope that Matt, after meeting with the governor, uh, I don't know what the governor will do uh, go to legislators and uh, well, let me see if I can find what he actually said because he did put some stuff about his meeting today. Let's see. He said uh, his last thing he wrote an hour ago. Please consider supporting the organization. We needed the governor's help, and now we need yours. Even a dollar with your name attached will show survivors that you care. So they have a link for a fundraiser on there. Mm -hmm. uh, two hours ago, he wrote, while I don't feel comfortable sharing specifics at this time, what I will say is I'm 100% sure the governor will do everything in his power and action is being taken. He understands the importance and magnitude of the situation, and he made it very clear this is not something we can allow to become a partisan issue. In fact, he made it clear he respects the leadership of David E. Dutremble for his efforts that have been publicly discussed as well as those that must remain confidential. I also made my respect for the Senator Clear and conveyed how boldly he has risen above the noise of local politics to do what's right. We have very clear next steps that I'm sure Senator Dutremble and others will share more information when the time is right. I'm hopeful re leadership in both the House and Senate with support from both parties will convene not only to address the weak buck passing requests of the mayor, but to take bolder action to make sure proper investigations take place. Onward and upward. Today has been a long time in the making, and a long road lies ahead. But I'm extremely confident that justice and healing will prevail. What well, about I, that? Uh, well, I hope so. Uh, a lot of us thought the same thing too. Mm -hmm. It's just I know who the, you know who the players are, and they're still in place. And, and so it, it bothers it's like, me. Huh? It's it's like them just paying lip service. You mean, and they're not serious, or you don't trust that they are serious? Is that what you mean? Probably uh, all of the above. Yeah. Uh, you know, they could have investigated things, you know, a long, long time ago. And that's uh, why the exposure is so important. Because really, I mean, uh, if nobody says anything, then everything continues on. It's like... That's right. Yeah. That's right. Like, well, you know, 
people would have complained if there was anything wrong, right? That's what they said about that Mike Tipping stuff, was that if if Mike Tipping hadn't lied in that book and if it was not true, then somebody would have done something about it. They would have sued or something would have happened, but nobody did, so they figured it was true. That's what a lot of people said in the comments that I was seeing. Well, you know, a lot of people judge by what comes out, you know, in the newspapers. Um, they don't know what, what's behind something, but they know it all, if you yeah. get what I'm saying. And that's something that hurts whatever yeah. cause is out there. You know, um, I, I'm, I'm for bringing the light and, and shining it bright. And whatever I, I say, I can back up. It's documented. And uh, I, I hope that these guys get somewhere. Um, maybe there will be one win. But, you know, there's a pattern of obstruction of justice, hindering prosecutions. Um, and, you know, if you just nip something, it, it's still going to grow. It's, it's going to keep on going. And the people that are part of this, you know, need to be removed from office. But then you'll have to basically start over because there's not going to be too many people left. Yeah, that it causes a huge disruption usually, but that doesn't, you still can't let people just be lawless either. Just ignore that it's their responsibility. So the Bangor Daily News tonight had a, um, oh, I guess it was put on this morning. Yeah, it was put on this morning about the Biddeford police chief breaking his silence on the abuse allegations against officers. So there was a story in there. Well, yeah, breaking uh, his silence. He's breaking his silence on, about what? He yeah, sat really. there and said that I can't say anything because uh, the yeah, city I attorney and yeah. the attorney general said no. That's breaking your silence. I know, that's what I thought was a funny way to put it, because it's like, yeah, he made noise, but he still didn't say anything. (laughs) No, breaking his silence. Breaking his silence is he would say, yes, I turned my head the other way. Yeah. And and he's turned his head the other way many times, and he has created situations uh, to cause a problem in the community if if you... Talk about whatever is going on that's that's wrong in city hall or in his case at the police department. So it's a way to silence people. People are afraid; they don't want to say anything. Look what happened to you. And uh, well, you know what? If if I had to do this all over again with everything that they've done, except kill me, <laughs> yeah. um, I would do it again. I would not remain silent. I would I would say even more and be out there even more. But I tried to get out as much as I could. I mean, I even went on TV, you know that. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that's a whole other story. Do you uh, see the um, article, comments, the Bangor Daily News? Do you ever look at them? Uh, I, sometimes I do, but so many people don't even know what they're talking about. That's true. That, they go in there you know, too. To shift the public opinion, they go in there and make make statements that aren't true. But they're trying to play the other side of the fence and push people over, you know, the way they want everyone to see it. That's influence. right. Yeah. 
But you know how much um, someone doesn't know by what they say. Yeah. And there are too many out there that don't know what they're talking about, but it must be true because, oh, uh, the officer said it, or it must be true because, uh, you know, the judge said it. You know, just because somebody with a title said something doesn't make it true. That's true. We have, um, sometimes we have more information in the comments than in the article, and and the one that I was going to read to you is just see what you think about this. Somebody named Bootjack, because we allow anonymous comments in our Bangor Daily News. You can make up a name and write whatever you want. You could say, you know, so-and-so is a jerk or whatever. They do it all the time to the governor. Well, anyway, this says... um, the chief and assistant chief should be suspended and the department thoroughly investigated. For those of us who live in Biddeford, there is no secret of the political corruption of the city during that era, which continues in lesser fashion today. Does Beaupre seriously think he could continue to run the department effectively with these allegations hanging over him, even if he wasn't involved in a cover-up, and that is less clear by the day? That makes him one of the worst administrators in the state. We need a chief that knows his men, manages them effectively, and follows up on rumblings in the department. During the 1990s, his close friend and neighbor served as mayor. Who knows where this will go since the current mayor was the council president then. Is that true? All right. Wait a minute. Say say that part again about in the 90s. During the 90s, his close friend and neighbor served as mayor. Who knows where this will go since the current mayor was the council president then. So in other words, people in different positions who are still around doing different jobs. And I don't know the people, so I don't know if that's true or not. All right. Well, that sounds like um, during that time, that was Mayor Gratello, Jim Gratello. And Lessard, yes, was president of the council, and he's sitting back as a council member now. So, I mean, you, you know... The musical chairs, they come back. Yeah, and and just from what you said, and also, like, um, I had gone and looked at, um, I had gone and looked at Matt's page regarding what happened today and who he met with and everything, and he was saying that the the, um, meeting with the governor went awesome and all that stuff, but one of the, because he must have been posting as the day went by, because he put, 10 hours ago, he put, now it's time to be interviewed by the same AG investigator that interviewed many others over the past couple decades, but I'm no longer terrified. The governor gave me strength, and my truth is my truth. I have nothing to fear. So here's the person going to the same people that let people down before. I mean, I saw that reading that. I went, oh, so he's well, going back to people who already have let people down and he's going to be interviewed again by these people. And, you know, what What do people expect is going to happen? That they're going to have it, all of a sudden they're going to have an epiphany and it's going to be, oh, we need to do something now. The only well, reason they're doing anything is because the public is outraged and they're right. on their case. That's yes. the only reason. Yes, that's, that's the only reason that they'll say, uh, yeah, I can comment uh, that I can't say anything. You know, a big deal. That's a good comment. Yeah. But, you know, it's... This is what I'm saying. It's the same, the same thing going on, even though it's a different attorney general. And Matt did say on the on the news, I saw on the news that he wanted an independent entity to investigate this. You know, and I think he's talking outside of Maine. 
um, which that would need to be if that could happen. But, you know, I brought up some things before as far as, you know, outside entities and, you know, how that works too. It's it's one nice big masquerade party going on. Yeah, but, we I we don't have enough people that can get their uh, passion up enough to go out and do as much work as we see in these comments. We know they have to be paid people from somewhere. <laughs> um, you know the you know it really bothers me. One of one of the uh, counselors. You know that I guess Matt has you know a lot of respect for because he really doesn't know the guy, and that's um, Counselor Bob Mills. And I've, there's some stuff out there about Bob Mills. He needs to be investigated uh, with this HUD situation in Biddeford. Um, that yeah, I tried to find out who his uh, is his boss, and he denies ever you know working for this realtor, um, what, what kind of money is, is he getting through HUD uh, for the houses that he's buying up in Biddeford? And one of the state reps, um, this was a few years ago, uh, I met with him and he says, what's going with this realtor? He's buying up Biddeford. And yeah, nobody, that's what nobody, they've been doing everywhere in Maine. Nobody can outbid him. And yeah. he and and this is a young kid, really in his twenties, with all kinds of money buying up Biddeford, and nobody can outbid him. So this is when I told this state rep what I knew that was going on with this realtor, whose buddy now sits on the city council. And when I went to this council of Bob knows um, about HUD, the HUD office in the town hall would not let me see the public information on HUD monies that was given to his friend. And he says, um, that's, that goes under the Privacy Act. I said, it most certainly does not. <laughs> These are federal funds that I have a right to see. And he wouldn't help me. So I filed a foyer, and uh, I did get one, um, a copy of one building in, in the town, and I said, "Boy, this is not what I was told. I was told that they had boxes and file cabinets on this guy, on on the HUD grants that he was getting, and all I have is one, one piece, one piece of property. But the thing that was revealing in that, and I don't know if somebody did this on purpose because they know I've been, you know, keeping an eye on City Hall, you know, it, you know, taxes, the tax." office, a lot of different places down there. But in this one little packet of information that I received, there was a, an internal memo or a note between two people in that hot office basically saying um, not to give you know this realtor uh, the money in his hands because he'll keep it and uh, do the work himself. But it's very revealing that I would get a personal little note in with supposedly um, information on a a building that this guy is getting federal monies to, you know, fix up. And but Councilor Mills is his friend, and you know he's he's covering up for his friend here. If he related to 
to Janet? I don't know. They both have the same names, but I, I, would, I don't know if they are. It would be maybe something like a cousin I or I just down saw the... your name mentioned on his Facebook page. Is he on his... Did you or do you ever look at his Facebook page? Uh, hardly ever. He mentioned me on his page? Yeah. I was, I was looking to see if I could find that little blurb that I was trying to tell you about, the one where they said the people were going to run the meeting and the, the public officials were going to sit there and listen to some direction from the people. And I can't find it anywhere. So when you said his name, I said, well, I'll go find him. Maybe it was on his page because I'd heard his name in the last week. See how this works? We have these yep. individuals operating in the state of Maine. And I'm saying this for the people that are here that are from other states. But we have these individuals working on – they have their own thing going on in the background in the state of Maine. And they're using Facebook a lot for it because they have to get their allies on board with them. And I'm scanning down through it looking for it, and all of a sudden I see Dottie's name. So here's what he said on May 10th at 9.50 a.m. I've had a couple of folks since yesterday's forum that said, I can't believe what Dottie LaFortune says and writes about you. That's in quotes. Seeing how I do not really communicate with her, I figured it's the same conspiracy stuff. For some reason, she feels I had something to do with house being taken and sold for past due taxes. In her twisted tale, she often leaves out I wasn't in the council when it happened, or did I live in the state? I lived in Texas. I moved completely to Maine in 2003. The irony, conspiracy in quotations, is that when I moved to Biddeford, I rented an apartment from, from her at her former home, or from at her former home. He left a word out. I also did minor work for the new owner to reduce my rent. The annoying thing is that she hasn't stopped her rants in the eight years I've been on the council. To hear this stuff yesterday again just shows me that there are still folks that read her rants. I think if she directed her complaints to those whom were actually involved, she might get a resolution. That's what he wrote on his Facebook page. On the well, you know, the thing is, <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've been through this, and yes, things have been written out about him. And, you know, he says he had nothing to do with this, and he didn't work for mainly realty. Well, I have um, an email that he sent to me. Oh, it was in uh, probably 2003. I have to look it up. And... Uh, he said, I want to help you, you know, with, with, with whatever's going on with Biddeford. And um, I didn't want to give him my address. Yeah. So I, gave him a, I gave him a P.O. box. And apparently, um, I got another email by mistake. He, he, I think he meant to send it to his boss from Mainly Realty. Yeah. Uh, saying, I tricked them into giving me their address. So we can serve them with some papers. But at the bottom of this email, it's, you know, got the mainly real, real, mainly realty with their address. And, I mean, it connects him to the guy that he says he never worked for. Yeah. The guy, this is why I'm saying, and he's got a rap sheet as, as long as you can think that goes all the way back to Georgia. So he was around. He's totally 100% involved. I've caught him in lies through emails. And, um, uh, oh, I'm just going to tell you this. Uh, with all oh, this email that he sent to me, he wanted to subpoena me. He's trying to get $35,000 out of me for, for rent. That's my house. Anyways, um, I go to court on this so-called subpoena. And I'm sitting in the courtroom, and everybody's called but me. 
and the last one sitting there. So I went to the clerk, and I saw him, Bob Mills, with this mainly realty person and Attorney Herschel Lerman. And I went to the clerk's office, and I said, you know, I don't, I wasn't called. I'm here. I'm subpoenaed, um, and here I am. So I said, why don't you call Tim? She said, we don't have anything for you on the on the schedule or agenda for today. There's nothing here for you. I said, I'd like to see the file on this. They can't find the file. Wait a minute. There is a court file. You can't find it. They looked in the back. They went to the judge. I said, well, then, why don't you call this Tim QI to the window and ask him? So she, the clerk pages him. And uh, he claims he doesn't know anything about this subpoena. Well, I got a copy of the subpoena, uh, although it's so minimized, I need a um, magnifier to read it. Yeah. And, uh, and he denied knowing anything about it. Uh, he said, well, maybe my business manager knows. That's Bob Mills. So he says, I'll go ask him. So he was gone for like five minutes. All you had to do was go from the window to the door of the courthouse, you know, that's not that many feet, and he wasn't coming back. So I says, why don't you call him back? So the clerk, I says, why don't you call him back here? He's, gone, he's been gone long enough to, to get an answer whether his business manager has this subpoena with him or not. And she pages him back to the window, and the three of them fled the courthouse. Oh, my gosh. And that, that's the last that I ever heard about this. They can't find the file. And uh, Feels like junior high in a way. Feels like the kids at junior high. Well, oh yeah, like pranks. The only thing is, you know, it's serious pranks here. Yes, absolutely. Okay? And he yeah. needs to be investigated. I mean, there's a lot in Biddeford that needs to be investigated. Um, besides, you know, this cover-up with, with the sexual abuse against these kids. There's a lot going on in town. Yeah, and I saw the uh, interview with, um, well, it was one of the people that had chased somebody around with a video camera asking him if he was going to apologize for assaulting him as a child. And oh, that uh, was, he lived that somewhere was... near the ballpark. He, li- he, like, lived right there where the kids all are. And I'm like, what That's... the heck's going on down there? We're going to have to send the grandmothers down there to protect the kids because the police aren't doing anything, apparently. You know, that's my neighborhood where I grew up. Is it? I know the, I know the neighborhood, yes. You can yeah. see Ballfield from some house, you know. Oh, man. But um, Crazy. that was Matt, yes. He he approached this person, you know, down across from the, uh, the Mayfield. But getting back to Bob Mills, yeah. um, I find it very interesting that he would be the one person uh, that began speaking out so much in favor of, you know, an investigation. And, uh, yeah, you're right, Mr. Mills. Uh, there uh, needs to be an investigation, uh, and it needs to go further, and it needs to include you. But he came out and uh, was kind of like the spokesperson at first. Well, and don't you think that's how the infiltration usually works in a group? That's the first thing I would think. I'd be suspicious of it because well, it's not in their character, so why are they there? Well, um, I just found it kind of kind of strange. And, um, you know, my conspiracy theories uh, that he started or somebody, uh, he's, he mentioned it on his page tonight, but, you know, Randy Seaver, uh, that was a name that has come up 
he works for the uh, Korea. Yes, I've you know, seen he, some of his stuff too. He's got a picture. His profile picture right now is him holding an AK-47. Uh huh. How does that escalate things? Well, maybe it's kind of like an intimidation thing. People well, why else would somebody hold a AK-47 when they're involved in controversy in a city? Because there's because lots of people fighting down there. That's a really inflammatory thing to do. Well, that, that's what Randy does, and maybe that's why he's no longer with the Courier. But, you know, he wrote <sighs> all these things about me, and, you know, the investigator, Phil Castor, you know, conspiracy theorists. Well, you know what? Uh, these conspiracies aren't theories. It's oh. a fact. It's fact. Right. All, yeah. all, all, all documented. But it bothers me that he wants to be so helpful. And uh, But now he says, you know, it, he doesn't think that there would be an independent investigation, you know, I guess if the AG does that. You know, he's absolutely right because she hasn't investigated him yet. But I find it curious that he is the one that is really out there more than any of the other other uh, city councilors. And I know Bob Mills like the back of my hand, and that's no conspiracy theory. Uh, but, you know, he he can lie, but he's got a title, so he must be right, like I mentioned earlier, you know. But he's one to watch down there, and if his so-called um, buddy that he's supposedly not buddies with um, is getting HUD money, uh, they're really not letting it be known. I, I don't know what's going on. That needs to be investigated. I only got what I got from that office, which was piddly compared to what they said that they had for grants given to his buddy. But he can say what he wants. The only thing is, see, it's people like him that try to... So you know, that basically he's uh, he's like cozying up to Matt Lozon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh you're trying to warn him because you know. Absolutely. Yeah, that I've seen that stuff so many times where somebody, I mean if you can see you it. can see them walking right up to somebody and go, "No, don't talk to them," you know. See, that's how that's I right. felt when I heard Phil was going to work with Burns because I'd heard stuff about Burns and seen stuff about Burns that I didn't like. And I was like, you know, I didn't want Phil to walk into a, what I felt was a trap. And it may have been that it wasn't a trap, but Phil didn't get what he wanted in Augusta, did he? I think that they 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 come in, it's like, okay, these people might get somewhere, so let's send somebody over to, you know, distract or to divert them to something else or whatever it is. I just don't trust them. Well, and neither I do I. They've earned their distrust. It's not like we just suddenly, you know. I've dealt just... with these people. I, they, I've been lied to. Um, the taxpayers have been lied to. And in my mind, you know, this is how they work. Uh, and certain people are chosen uh, to do whatever, to investigate, to, to be the spokesperson. But it's always the same ones that have been for years. Yeah. And I, I hate to see Matt you know, get knocked down. After all um, the work. After everything that he's done. He's a lot of progress. He has. He has. And, I, you know, I got to tap the guy on, on the back. He's a smart guy. But he 
he doesn't understand the politics of the thing. You know? Is this Sue Tremble guy a good person? Because, see, I don't know anybody from down in the southern part. Is this Sue Tremble guy, is he somebody that someone could work with? I'm looking at his page right now, and, and I see Joe Baldacci. I see Janet Mills. I see Matt Dunlap. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, he's a Democrat. Yeah, well, he would have all those then, wouldn't he, if he's high up in the list? Well, um, I wish I could find that thing. It was so strongly worded, and it was about how they were going to be, they were going to be answering questions, and the people were in charge, and they would be directing the council. I can't find it. I can't remember where I saw it. Darn okay, it well, they're going to have another meeting, from what on I read, Tuesday, on, tu- on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. On Tuesday. I, I think that's the one that you're talking about. But they and, said the people were going to run the meeting, not the council. All right. Well, they were going to have it at five o'clock. Yeah, Is that that's the one, the one I people, think. People are working, and yeah. they wanted it a little later. And Mayor Casavant um, is, is not changing it. It's going to be that, and that's that. That's that. Yep. So uh, I guess it'll go on with you know whomever may be there. Um, and I don't know how far they'll get because they don't answer questions. You know, the council just sits there and listens. Uh, so I'm not sure how that is going to go, what they're going to talk it out. But um, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I see the same run around and I see the same people involved. And Mayor Cassavant knows a lot of what's going on in the city and what was being covered up by the Attorney General. I met with him uh, when he was still in the legislature, and he was also mayor at the same time. And I met him with another person at the library in Biddeford, and I showed him a bunch of documents on various agencies in the state, what they've done, what they've covered up, what happened with some things in Biddeford, and he said, I didn't know this was going on. I said, well, now you do. Yeah, and after they've been notified, they can't say that anymore. Yeah, well, he was going to do something, and he says, I'm going to put a petition together and or get a petition put together to have something done about this, because this is stuff I wanted investigated. Um, and it should be along with what Matt and, and those guys want investigated because it's involving the same people, and he never um, did anything, and somebody put together a petition for him so he wouldn't have to figure out how to do it, and he just dropped the ball. So he knows an awful lot of the corruption in and around the city and the cover-ups in Augusta. He he has 100% proof. He has seen it with his own eyes. Who is that now again? The the mayor. Uh, Yes, and I'm really... You know, surprised at him because when he first was in the legislature, he was on the um, Judiciary Committee. And some of us were up there in opposition to, I, I believe at that time it was Arthur Brennan, Judge Brennan. And uh, we were, oh, Charlotte Isbeet was there, her husband, and a bunch of other people in opposition. And he came out, I think I think it was that meeting. I've been up there so many times for so many meetings, but I think it was that one. And, and he came out of the room, and he says, they won't listen. I says, I know. And he says, they won't listen to me. 
And this is when he was new up there. Well, you know what? He's doing the same thing. What he was saying about them, he is doing the same thing, and he won't listen. I mean, when you have crimes that are committed, you have a duty and an obligation to speak up and and, yeah. and, and do something, take action, not just talk about it for months into years. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm really disappointed. So I'm sure that Bob Mills has got to say what he's got to say. He can't prove anything. I mean, I put documents out there. Um, even, you know, this email that he sent to me, I tricked him. Well, he sent that to me by mistake. I don't think I was supposed to get that. That was for his friend that he claims he never worked for. Mm-hmm. But it's right there with the address and all. So but people are believing him. And, and it's too bad because these same people are getting away with it a little bit more. Yeah. Well, they they uh, plot for how they're going to get somebody else's stuff. That's what they do. <laughs> Say that again? They plot. They plot how they're going to get people's things. If somebody's got money or property, they plot how they're going to get it. Uh, well, I really think they do that. I mean, like you said, there's people that end up getting preferential treatment and in, in taking over certain properties and stuff, and they build their empire on it after they took it from someone else. Well, there's, there's fraud going on. That's where the evidence points to. And the Attorney General has shielded Bob Mills so far. You wonder if it's a relative, doesn't it? Because, well, you know, I just don't know. I keep seeing things that make me wonder because they don't, they don't say it, but sometimes it's right there in your face. <laughs> well, he's not from Biddeford originally. He's not from Maine. He may be oh, okay. from Georgia or somewhere down there where he has his um, quite the um, criminal resume. Uh, it is quite long. And uh, I, I, I just, I feel bad when I see somebody working so hard, like Matt. Yeah, yeah. And they're dealing with the same people that, you know, investigators um, and myself um, were working on. And it involved these same people. It's just some of the some of the um, things that people were flinging around in terms of insults to each other too in the last few weeks. I just kept saying, you know, we're going to get up in the morning. Somebody's going to have been shot or something because that went too far because they were getting so incensed and they couldn't express themselves because somebody would just, you know, shut them up. And um, the meetings were getting pretty hot. <laughs> so. Because the they're, you know, they're all protecting their friends. They're all, you know, buddying up and stuff, and it's become almost like a really hot feud. Oh well, uh, it is hot. Yeah. Um, but you know, counselors don't want to say anything. Uh, not too many are speaking out. No. Um, I saw Bob Mills on the news, and that's why I said I am kind of surprised he would be the one to use. If you know how they play the game, he would be the one. Now suspicions off off of him. He wants to do good. Well, uh, he needs to be investigated. That's how good he is. Yeah. It's it's really uh, it's beyond disgusting, and and unfortunately, you know, the, the sheep will buy it. Well, they can't get too deep. They don't know the people either. I mean, I can't even understand half of what's going on because I know none of the people. I've never been to Biddeford in my life. 
Um, and all I know is that this is not um, something I would want on my town going on and on and on. It really hurts. It hurts in a lot of different ways. And it's, it's just wrong. They should have cleaned it out a long time ago and dealt with well, stuff. That's right. They should have. But no, they created situations, and I can think of two, with the election and the SWAT team issue. These were yeah. created. And they weren't that no. long ago either, were they? So they're still no. right fresh in memory. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I was exposing what was going on, and I wish back then uh, I would have had the, the backing of the people, you know, when I was on TV through all of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the cable committee was with me 100%. Um, and, you know, that had to go around in the city council too. But that went on for a year. and you know, blacked out because they couldn't open it up and not have me on there. Uh, so they kept it blacked out to everybody, which was unfair, but yeah. uh, they were protecting themselves to take the spotlight off of them, and I'm the bad girl again. So, you know, you, you try to tell the people you're being built here in more ways than one. I mean, you're, not, you're being raped in a lot of different ways in that town, and they don't want a black eye. Well, it's too late. They've had, they've had a black a black eye for a long time. I mean, way back in the days of Merck. I mean, the trash Don't town. they realize people talk to each other and they're related in Maine? I mean, it's not like you can just say, well, it's only the people in this town that know anything. You know, it's not like that. It wasn't like that before the Internet. People would talk. They have relatives in other parts of Maine. They're, we're not all in one town. It doesn't make sense that they think they could keep that. From people <clears throat> well um, they think that they can uh, and they take the spotlight off of themselves like I said by creating situations yeah and you know this is what I believe um, Beaupre did uh, not by himself this is a concerted effort uh, but I believe it was you know the city council and at that time you mentioned uh, somebody's comment that was during the I believe Bratello days and because this is when a lot of this crap went on and there's more to him he needs to be investigated as well and um, it's just um, a little suspicious that at that time during that time the city attorney Harry Center left his position as attorney in the in the town in the city uh, he left his um, job at um, Smith and Elliott law firm they would be Why does that real- name sound familiar to me? How do you Smith spell that? Smith? No, Center. Oh, Center. C-E-N-T-E-R. Harry Center. And oh. uh, he left, you know, both positions. And he went to work for an insurance company, as I was told by one of the attorneys in the law firm, because I went looking for him uh, because of this First Amendment lawsuit and my appeal at the uh, First Circuit as a pro se litigant was, was granted. And uh, I found out about it in the newspaper. I never got an, even an order. So I called him up without the order, and he had left. That's how I finally left. But I discovered maybe, I don't know, last year or so, he's worked his way back into town, and he's in the law firm with Bittifin's, the current city attorney, uh, Jake's attorney Jake's, so he's in that law firm. So you know he made a, what, 
uh, circled the wagon and came back in. So he's back in Bedford, probably coaching the current city attorney. But he's involved, too. Um, Well, this thing with... um that might be might or might not be related, but Dennis DeShane that going to do another appeal of his right murder conviction of that girl, um, Sarah Cherry. Right. Uh, my boyfriend was saying that he he says they whenever that comes up again they trot out a retired judge to sit on the bench again because they don't really bring anything new into it. Is that do you know anything about that case? Uh, uh, yeah, I DNA would have proved one way or the other, but they said that the DNA was tainted so that they couldn't do anything about it. Well, wouldn't that sound like you should let the guy out then? Because you haven't really convicted him then, have you? <laughs> you know, he claims well, he, he never did it. He keeps bringing it up that he didn't do it. Well, um, I don't know well, about S- that. Lee Bailey was going to come in on this too, and I, I think he believes Duchesne, uh, but... If they've got evidence here to prove that it wasn't him, I mean, they don't want to ever prove that they are wrong. I know, you but know? the guy's sitting in jail all this time. I know. They don't care. And they, how they, many appeals have there been? It seems like there's been several of them already. I didn't even know you could do it this many times, but it seems to me they've had quite a few appeals. I know. <clears throat> um, and, you know, I don't know what, what's going to go with this one. Um but I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I was reading something, too, about that, and I don't know if it had to do with Eric uh, Wright. I think he was involved in that case uh, with DeShane, I think, back when, I think. Uh, and that's the um, supposedly the uh, attorney general who, assistant attorney general, who brushed this whole uh, sexual stuff under the rug. But I think he was involved with the Duchesne case, too. Well, I put the link to the Bangor Daily News article about it. It it's, um, says that the murder took place, the murder, torture and murder of 12-year-old Sarah Cherry. 1988 was when that occurred. And um, he's claimed he was innocent the entire time, and he keeps coming back with appeals. Well, he's got attorneys that are willing to do this. It sounds to me like there's got to be something there yeah, for them to keep coming back. So I don't know, you know, like I say, how this is going to go this time. Like there have no, been I many. I don't really know much about it. I do remember at the time when it happened, but I just, you know, his name keeps coming up here and there. Uh-huh. I don't know. We've got an awful lot of stuff going on in the state of Maine that relates to sexual abuse. I'm sure it's going on all over the country, but boy, <laughs> you know. It's going on all over the country, but you know, the cover-ups are, they're like saran wrap. You can, you can see right through all of this stuff. Well, I don't see why they think that, you know, you can keep doing this indefinitely. You could do it a few times, but my gosh, you can't have like, you know, all these people wandering around and coming back and and making, you know, accusations or going to the same investigators that didn't do anything before, all the stuff that keeps recurring and never getting solved. Well, it's because you, you, you're circling the wagon. You're right back where you started again. You're back with the same people who looked into this, supposedly, and 
you're right back with them again. Do you think they're going to change their mind and say, oh, no, I, I lied, I did this, I covered that up? They're not going to say that. And they'll just find, uh, what? Oh, there's nothing there like we, like we had said. You know, it's, it's the same players. Yeah. And that's what I see happening. I just feel, feel bad that, you know, Matt is, is, is running down the same, the same path to the same people, the same players. It's, it's really frustrating for me to see him be so frustrated. Yeah, and then you have, I you know, the ball. Huh? I understand that. That is, it's very hard to watch it. But once they've rejected the help, you need to stand back and just wait, because there's nothing you could do about it. You put that little, you know, that little, whatever you call it, bug in the ear, so that when something starts to look wrong, at least they know somebody else said it. Uh huh. You know, I feel well, like that's all I can that's, do. That's all you can do. You can't do anything after that. Nope. Nope. But I, I, I hope that an outside entity comes in, you know, an independent USAG. Yeah. Um, one that can look at everything fairly. And it's very easy to put this puzzle together because the pieces are there. And, you know, Matt and the guys are looking for pieces that are already in place. And, and it's just so much time for them to run down these paths when when it's all right there for them. But, you know, the Randy Sievers of the world and the Bob Millses of the world, you know, put kinks in this. And Randy Siever, uh was, I, I think he, he withdrew, the campaign manager for the mayor's um, re-election, which is what, next year? I mean, he was his campaign manager up until recently because there was some hubbub brought up about that. Yep. And so now I, I get a, I get a lot of that information just from reading these people's Facebook pages because they talk back and forth like they're sitting on you know in the living room or talking on the phone. They talk mm-hmm. back and forth on Facebook on a public, you know, publicly open Facebook, like they think they're having a private conversation. I don't understand uh-huh. why people think this, but it's fine because we get a lot of information out of reading them. Uh-huh. <laughs> their uh-huh. exchanges. So these uh-huh. people, I know their faces and I know their names and I know how they relate to each other only from reading Facebook, uh-huh. not from news stories. Uh-huh. I find yep. that just amazing. I should have well, been. Well, I know it mostly be. through personal experience. Yeah. That's why I was hoping you would come because you could put some, um, you know, background to it because it's, you know, it's going to have to be solved in some way. They can't just assume that the public's going to go away after they've been, you know, had this brought to their attention. Well, the thing is, you know, if they do, if the guys get justice, which they deserve, uh, or something comes about that, okay, well, we're not going to do this anymore, whatever, and these same players are there, you don't think that what they're used to doing in life is is going to not continue? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I feel bad because they've turned the, the community against me. And let me tell you, I was there for everything and everybody that came down the pike. 
Yeah. You know, uh, having a business, everybody calls you for one thing or another. Donate to this, to that, the policeman's ball, the fireman's ball, the shriners, the this. I gave you everything. Yeah, And really. uh, then you get a kick in the face because I caught a crooked mayor uh, and his administration doing things. And you question it. You know, and when you question, you find out, hey, you know, well, how come you don't have tax records? You're supposed to maintain that. You can't um, uh, alter or, um, you know, destroy public records. You incinerate tax records. I mean, people don't know what I've been told and what I have. They're just listening to the Randy Stevens and the Bob Mills of the town. Yeah, because and, tax records have to be kept forever. Well, in my case, uh, they were incinerated. Yeah, and uh, I mean, right there, come on, there that shows that something's wrong. Yeah, because oh, yeah, I know, I know what's them wrong. Forever, they have to keep them in a in a climate controlled environment so they don't deteriorate. Mhm. Mhm. So, well, they had to create something because I was too close to uh, finding out what I eventually found out. And I wasn't the only one digging. Yeah. But I I just feel bad that the people, you know, believe Mills and and, and his crew uh, down there. And uh, they'll have to just learn on their own, I guess, after it's too late and something happens to them. Yeah, Um, it, it has to get closer to home before they take it seriously. Well, it, it's pretty close to home. Now it's the next generation here, you know, with Matt and, and these guys. Uh, they'll have to watch their elderly parents down the road, too, because uh, this, yeah. this, abuse has, this abuse has no age. No age attached to it. Abuse is abuse. Yep. So, Leon has been writing in the chat while we've been talking. Okay. Bill Stokes wrote a letter to Doug is at Senecal in Florida. Good news, they lost the appeal. Senecal had motive. Sarah was in my son's class. Her mother was in my class. Senecal was in my class. Senecal left the state right after it happened. Sarah was supposed to testify against Senecal in court. I don't know any of that part. That was the Sarah Cherry case. Right. Right. I don't know any of that stuff. Well, Leon... um knows a little bit about, it. like, he's saying, you know, he went to school, um, or Sarah was in my son's class. I think he knew the family. That's by where he lives, and he may be able to answer some questions for you on, on that if you uh, have him come on. Uh, he, he can answer some of that stuff. But, we're, uh, we're on to Maine tonight, that's for sure. Well, there's a lot of dirty, dirty stuff. Well, uh, any place there's corruption and and things going on that interrelate with the towns and the, you know, all of that stuff, like in Maine especially it really shows because there aren't that many people, as I always say. There aren't that many people compared to other states. And um, so, you know, the names (laughs) keep coming up. (laughs) I'm seeing that um, Leon put uh, out in the chat room that, Bobby Mills sent him a friend request on Facebook today. Yeah, why Bobby oh, wants to get wants to get what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> maybe he'll learn something, but he'll just turn it into something else. But I don't really say too too much. 
Well, that's um, odd because I don't have him as a Facebook friend. I don't know him, but I click on it. It opens right up. I can see his page unless he's got some things that he adds just for friends. But I was reading all that stuff on a open page that I'm sure other people in this chat room could click on it and read it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it wasn't like it was private or anything. Well, he probably wants to get Leon stuff, knowing probably this. You know, we have friends on Facebook, but uh, anything that I don't want on anything I don't want on Facebook, I'm certainly not going to put up there. That's for sure. But things that are are written about, that are documented, yes, uh, that'll go up, and then most uh, can read it. And how, how can you deny? Um, he can't deny what I have. So, oh, public records. Uh, well, not really. Oh. It's not well. Some of it is public record, but I'm talking about his personal email, um, and things that went on well in the court uh, that there's no record of since uh, we lost the uh, the file here. No one can find the court file. Disappeared into thin air. And uh, one other thing, as far as connections, uh, remember the, the Zumba case, the Kenny Bunga Zumba case? Oh, I was on that. I, people on here know that I was on that Kenny Bunga Zumba case for quite a while. Cause I was okay, well, I, I follow that, that, yeah. Well, their oh. names were coming out in the paper, and then they stopped writing them. How come the people that, I, if it were me and my name was in the paper, I would want all the names in the paper. Well, I sent I a foyer. I sent Sorry. a foyer to the DA. I, I wanted the rest of the names, you know, but uh, it's it's probably because they're the elite, uh, and that's oh, once I'm I didn't sure. Know. But one of the attorneys, they that, weren't even all from Maine. Some of these people from uh, other places. So who do you think they were in town to visit? <laughs> well. Um, I, I want and to by the he, way, I should say to people that don't understand the main accent that Dottie's saying FOIA. She's not saying FOIA like out by the front door. She's saying FOIA, which is Freedom of Information Act. Right, and F-O-I-A. F-O-I-A stands for uh, what you just said. Uh, Freedom of Information it's, Act. Right. It's a but anyways, one of, the, one of the attorneys in that Zumba case that pled guilty. Yeah. Was Jens Peter Bergen, and he. Do I know that Jens person? Pe- huh? That name sounds familiar. I'm All right. Well, he's Leon. He was one of the he was one of the attorneys that uh, admitted, you know, that and he pled guilty. He's an attorney, and he was that mainly realty guy's attorney. Bob Mills was buddy. Okay, so. Um, I mean, isn't that conduct on becoming an attorney? He's like, he's like guilty. I just, but, you know, we could probably have a little database of less than 50 people, and we'd have most of what's going on. They're a bunch of friends. They're a bunch of Absolutely. people that associate. Yeah. Absolutely. So Leon's on the call now, so you can talk to him, too, if you want to. Go ahead. Um, you want me to stay on or get off? No, I was going to say, you, you know each other. I don't know Leon very much at all, but he was saying something about, uh, I think he was referring to the Bob Mills thing, because he was saying, I'll take him to school. Is that what you meant, Leon? Can you hear me? Yes, Ken. Yep. 
Hi, Lee. Yeah, we can teach them a few things, things they don't even know. So Bob Mills friended you today. Yeah, he sent me a request. I, I accepted it this late this afternoon. Uh-huh. I find okay. that kind of interesting, too. Oh, That's good. kind of interesting. Well, yeah, before well. you got here, I read something that he said about Dottie on there because I was scanning down through it looking for things to do with the Biddeford meetings and uh, saw Dottie's name, so I read it. Well, I, I, I chased that thread out, and there's a friend of his on there that made some comments at the end, and I copied and pasted that to you, Dottie, on your Skype. Oh, who's the, who's <clears> the friend? Uh, it's her name. I can't remember now what it was. You'll have to look at your Skype. Where is it? Okay, I got Okay, I will. The Her name is, is right at the beginning. Okay, let me go look. But I get a kick out of it now. How much did they sell your house for? What was it, 85000 or something? Supposedly eighty. Okay. Now, how much was your taxes per year? Oh, gosh, Leon, I... I I, they incinerated records, so it's, it's kind of hard. But that wasn't—that's not the issue. No, no, no. Wait a minute, Paul. Hear me out. It was what? Say fifteen hundred, two thousand a year. Uh, say two. Say two thousand a year. I don't know. Okay, just just humor me. Two thousand a year, eighty thousand dollars. That's forty years worth of taxes, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Wait a minute. That's not right, is it? And 40, is that 40 years worth of taxes? Does it take a town 40 years before they foreclose on somebody's house? Well, see, there was no foreclosure. That's the whole thing. Well, what's a tax lien? That was paid. And in the end, uh, the uh, property uh, discharged to the owner, me. Right. So where did the eighty thousand go? You want to know where the crooks are? And somebody did something wrong? Go find out I, where that eighty thousand dollars went. Is it is it Diane Corbell Corbell or something Diane, you're talking about? Here's Diane. what she wrote. Here's what she wrote. I have known Bob since before his marriage and involvement with politics. We worked for the same landlord for years together. He is compassionate to everyone in need and the first person to step in and help a good cause. Dottie lost her property on her own stupidity. You don't pay property tax. Eventually, you lose your land and house. Simple as that. It's no one's fault but her own. And because someone bought it for back taxes, has nothing to do with Bob being a tenant of the property, so respectfully get off his back about being a tenant of a property seized. That was today. No, that was the 12th at 10.50 yeah. uh-huh. a.m., it says. Or so that, I know too. That's what people write. They write stuff openly That's right. like that. I don't know these people, but look how they malign each other. I don't know her either. So what? what do, how can she prove whatever she's saying? I, I don't know this Corbeil person. Well, what she is is probably a friend of his, and she's just saying, like yeah. everybody generally says, you lost your house, it's your own fault. Pay the bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. your fault. And And I've heard that kind of stuff from people... All the time. It's and like, that's what you know, keeps it going, you know. Bob Mills is behind something, and he's helping his buddy. Uh, I don't know who this woman is. I Dottie, on her did, face. didn't what? Robbie Mills withhold a rent payment and give it to 
Tim Pulai that you were expecting to get? No, that was uh, Fredrickson. That, that's another whole you know, story. Oh, okay. Uh, he's, he's he was... has property that they get people in there that are playing with the cops. And uh, that's that's a whole other thing. What do we do about this kind of thing? Because this is what goes on in the background, and it's not helpful to the state of Maine to have people doing this stuff. Nope. It's not helpful in any way, it's, and it's nasty to you, but it's also just not helpful in general for people to be doing this. Well, it's helping mm-hmm. Bob uh, with, get the spotlight off of him. Now, the it's people like, ought to be uh, libel, more... You know? huh? It's like libel in a newspaper. Well, <laughs> they do that and get away with it. You know, yeah, the, the courts and the judges are involved. I mean, just take a look at the Moskowitz case of late. You know? Yeah, and what's up with that? They put that off again. Well, the Senate has to vote. And I don't know, you know, which way they'll go, but... But um, isn't Ricky Long on that Judiciary Committee? I no, don't wait think a minute. so. He's on, the, he's on the criminal justice, I think. Right, right. I was thinking of the other room. That's right. You no, know, Barry Hobbins is back there again. He's the House chair. And David Burns is the Senate chair. So, you know, you've got these same people back in there. Um, we we saw what Burns did with Schneider and how, you know, that committee, Linda Valentino was the House chair at the time, but Barry now sits there. And uh, David Burns was on the Judiciary Committee, but he sits as a Senate chair now. But um, you saw that whole shutdown uh, of me and, and Phil Merletti at that hearing. And uh, we're telling you about crimes they covered up, and they put them in there. You know, you got to take a look at the legislators, too, and why do people put these people in office? I saw Josh Toddy up there the last time I was up there. He looked like a big stuffed shirt. Who? Josh Toddy. Oh, oh Joshua, Joshua Tardy. Yeah, he looked like a big stuffed shirt. Well, Joshua Tardy is another one. And <laughs> and it's too bad that, you know, the governor has him as uh, the uh, chair, I guess, of his council that suggests names for attorneys. Because Joshua Tardy is a big player up there. Big time. And I tried All to right. call him you know, respectfully uh, about a couple of issues. That was the election and, and this investigation that I wanted, and uh, he hung up on me. <laughs> Thank you. All right, so he hung up on me. This is the kind of characters that are up there. If you catch them in something, they're going to to do whatever they have to to get out of whatever anyone's questioning them about. And I know how it's played. Tom Dunn knew how it's played. Just watch his tape, his video. It's only 28 minutes long. And um, this has been going on for decades that I have documented anyway. And it's the same people back then that are in places today still. I don't know what the newest thing about Moskowitz, but while you were talking, I was trying to find the, the most recent thing. I'm not sure this is, but it was May 12th. It said uh, more lawyers come forward to oppose renomination of controversial main judge. 
So I was surprised to see that any attorneys would come forward to oppose right. it. I, I they're was, always in it together. Yeah, I was too. That's surprising. Maybe you know some are having you know a second thought here and have been wanting to do the right thing, but there's a puppeteer, and you do what the puppeteer says or else. But Maine needs to be investigated, Leon. We, we know does? that. Who? The, the entire state needs yeah, to be investigated. Yeah, top to bottom. <laughs> top to bottom. I think that at least the people are, you know, now they're not just saying, okay, okay, that, you know, we'll just let them do whatever they want down there. The thing I, you know, I was, when I hear, you know, that you guys were taking a hiatus and resting up or whatever and, Phil's resting up and all these things and people feeling discouraged. I look around at signs and I actually can see them. And one of them that I know Phil Merletti is responsible for is that now they can't fit everybody in when they have their little meetings down there because there's so many people there. They have to have their overflow room and, you know, bring people in and out. And uh, I heard the other night I heard them say something about they were going to do the for and against, whatever, you know, testimony, and they decided they couldn't do it that way. So they had to do 10, 10, and 10. I guess people that didn't care one way or the other was the other 10 um, to get more of a balance. And I started giggling because I think that's because of Phil. I really do. It's like you can't be doing this. You can't be having a hearing and then not let anybody come in here. Stick them out mm-hmm. in the other room. You know, they need to be in there. It's not a discussion otherwise. It's just, you know, you you don't have you don't have the right atmosphere. So they're going to need a bigger room down there, I guess, because more people well, are was, showing up. And I think that's good. Uh, when I was, I recall one, one of the hearings that they had, I mean, it was packed. And yeah. there, w- there was a room adjacent to the Judiciary Committee room, and they opened the door. So there was another room there, and you could see people sitting there. They weren't out in the hallway. They were, like, in another room. Yeah, they called it, like, the overflow room, I think. Well, so what they were oh. doing is they had been scheduling, like, um, they would schedule one side and then the other. Well, that's not really how it's supposed to be. I mean, the people that go first are usually paid more attention to because they're tired after a while, you know. It's like we've been sitting here for so long. You need to you need to have like for and against, for and against, or something like that, so that you have a balance. I mm-hmm. I just think that uh, a lot of that was because Phil brought attention to the fact that things weren't being run right down there. I really uh-huh. do. Well, they're not. Oh, I do think there is an effect even when people don't see it. There's a what? An effect. In other words, it doesn't have to be that day. It could be uh-huh. two weeks later. But there's uh-huh. people showing up down there now, and a few years ago, nobody showed up at those things. They'd be lucky if they had five people in there. Well, people have awakened, but unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, in the Biddeford area, uh, you know, there are some nice people, or it used to be, let's put it that way, but they wouldn't know a right of theirs if it bit them. You know, they don't understand their own rights. And if people speak out or take a stand, um, they're on the other side because they don't get it. 
And it's unfortunate well, don't you because think so? you... the, the people being so outspoken down there gives people permission in another town to do the same thing. It, it has a ripple effect. It's not staying just in Biddeford. Well, I'm saying Biddeford. They don't. They're not that educated on their rights, and no. it's unfortunate because in the county, these are the people who sit on juries. Yeah, true. Yeah, it's really pathetic. It, it's really pathetic. Um, what sits on a jury? I did a jury once. I loved it, but we didn't know what we were doing. We were trying to find out. We asked the judge a couple things, got nothing back, and didn't realize that that's because the judge wasn't allowed to tell us anything. (laughs) We just figured she was being difficult. We're like, why won't she just tell us if this is okay to do? And uh, so we made our decision and did the best we could, and we thought we did a good decision. So, Well, I'm thinking of one where um, a a case that I was involved in uh, up on a charge um, of, of um, assaulting a 220-pound deputy. We talked about that on the program one night. And um, one of the state's witnesses who was um deputy sheriff um, and a witness for the state, her testimony was really for my good. And um, I thought, boy, with, with the jury hearing her saying what she saw, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this... This should go in my favor, but it didn't. So, but after she t- after she testified, um, she went into the jury room. <laughs> I mean, it, as jurors, they wouldn't say something's wrong here. I know you can't, com- you can't come into this room with us. So I don't know what you know they talked about in there. All I know it's illegal, and um, or unlawful, and it happened, and. Um, with, with another case with um, the attorney from Massachusetts coming in. This was with my um, trespassing on my own property case. Um, Barbara Johnson heard about this, and she came to Maine pro bono and explained to the jury, I can't present any evidence. I can't present witnesses. I can't put witnesses on the stand. I mean... She said, I got this box of evidence and I can't use it. I mean, she's telling this to the jury. This is how how dense these people are. (laughs) You know, they get somebody hung in the square, you know? Really pathetic. Further north, the people are are more educated. Um, You know, they take the time to read and and study more so than I think the southern part of of the state. Well, it's those long winters. they got to have something to do. Oh, up north, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's what's going on around here. Um, I just... <laughs> no, they are probably, our, our out-of-state people are probably going, I don't have any idea what these people are talking about. But it's corruption like it is everywhere. I mean, it's just that we happen to see it because we know these people. That's so... right. And, we, and some of us stood up against it. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately, the people who don't get it say things like this Corbiel person. I don't know her. No, she's probably a friend of Bob Mills. Okay, well, that's prove, usually prove what, what happens. People saying. get on there and and they cheerlead each other like, hey, that's a great idea. Yeah, we like that. I saw a well, joke I wish... on, 
about uh, Facebook today somewhere where someone said they had tried it in real life, where they just walk by strangers and say, "Hey, I like it," you know, like you know, um, just like well, people do on Facebook, they live there without having any. It's not a real thing. It's Facebook. It's not a real thing, but they yeah. get on there and cheerlead each other. True. Yeah. Um, but it, it harms other people. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, Prove prove what you're saying. That's all. If you can prove it, then yeah, you know, you'll have to admit it. It's it's proven. Um, I mean, if I say something, I'll back it up with a document. Yeah, me too. I don't go on Facebook to trash people. I don't think it's appropriate. I really don't. I think it's no, wrong it isn't. to do that. No, it isn't. Even if That's I don't just... like them, I don't do that. I think it's just obnoxious. Mhm. I just try to, you know, in- interject a piece of truth for these people every now and then, depending on what the subject is, and apparently they don't want the truth. Uh, and I, I can't believe it. He's, you know, Matt's a smart guy, and I would think that he would want to know as They're much. All, well, they form as, alliances, and sometimes I think that's coming into play too because we have long-standing alliances in Maine as well. We have people that we, we've gone to school with or been friends with for a long time, and when we see them doing something that we don't really agree with, it has to be pretty darn bad before anybody will jump ship to another group. It's like they, they're they still their friend or they're still, you know, they're still working with them on something. And I that kind of blows my mind a bit because I couldn't do that. I couldn't be friends with somebody who was doing trash to somebody else. But there are people that will because they don't want to break those alliances they have. Mm-hmm. And they'll uh-huh. kind of look the other way. Oh, I didn't know that was going on, <laughs> you know. So I think that's why the exposure is important because it puts it in their face over and over again. It's like, how could you support something like that? How can you go and help these people do this stuff? If you're friends with that person that's doing this, you need to rethink your friends. And everybody is feeling that right now because we do have mutual friends. I'm I'm kind of appalled sometimes when I open up some of these uh Facebook pages to see what somebody's up to and see like three or four people I know on there that are their friends, mutual friends, you know? Uh-huh. Like, how come they're not uh, sticking up for the good guy like you would think they would? It's because either they think that it's justified what's going on or they don't really want to rock the boat or something. I don't know why they would stay friends with somebody like that either. I don't either, but... Work, you, maybe. The thing is, you know... Just how much someone doesn't know something by what they say. Yeah. So that's how I know who, who's, you know, who's a BS artist and just going along for the sake of going along uh, because they don't get it. And, well, uh, some of them, I think, are involved because they were brought in under these, uh, you know, alliances that, that are hidden and they're they're supposed to support whatever happens and not say anything or not do something in order to get the benefits of the group. That's like well, a, you know, one of those like secret society things almost. Well, I I can see you know who the idiots are that come out with things like this Corbio that doesn't know you know a, a thing about anything. Yeah. Uh, on what she's talking about. And um, the thing is, I do. And I'll just wait and see who's next. Yeah, that's right. But too bad people didn't wake up when I was talking about 
the corruption on TV. Um, but they were scared at that time because people talked to me personally, but they wouldn't talk publicly. Yeah, they don't want to say anything. They don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. Don't speak above a whisper. <laughs> That's not going to work. Well, oh, I'm telling okay. you, we—I don't know what else to do. What I what I do is I just keep I just keep talking anyway. I don't care. What am I? Well, what else can happen? I shouldn't say that either. Where's the wood? I gotta knock wood. Yeah, Leon's saying time to sink their boats. Time to sink their boats? Yeah. Well, I, I don't like what's being said, Lee. Um, I mean, we've stood up. We we know what's going on. We both have stood up. Yeah. But, you know, when you look into something, you find something else. And then it just kept going on. And then I find this and I find that. You ask this and you find out more. I love looking into, like, records because I'm good at that. I love to go in and look around in records. And uh, I think it surprises people when they realize that other people know how to find things. But, yeah, the public records, they're supposed to be kept. If you go in there and you start digging around the registry of deeds, you're supposed to be able to know how things transferred and figure out who's buying up the stuff and all the good property and how they got it and who they were friends with. and Well, you know, here's, really a, here's the thing when you're talking like about Biddeford, you know. About um, what? Biddeford? When we were talking about Biddeford and records yeah. and stuff, yeah. Um, a year after this incident with the SWAT team, the city sent me a tax bill, and I, and I paid it. They took money. Was it for the SWAT team coming to your house? After. After, after I was going to say, were they billing you for it? <laughs> oh no, no, this was a tax bill. Yeah, good. And, and they took they took the money. So what are they doing? Collecting twice on the same piece of property? I don't know. Well, uh, that's a question I think that needs investigating. I've wondered before about people who have paid bills on something that they supposedly didn't own because the town took it. So it's like, why are you paying the bill and why are they taking the money? Why should well, they be taking that money? No, that property's mine until proven otherwise. You know, I never had my say in court. And here I am sitting there on a charge of I trespassed before the same judge that's got my case about the city on his desk. And I told this to the jury. I had nobody else. Nobody else could talk for me, so I went on there myself. Yeah. And um, the whole bottom line was, you know, a, a null and void writ of possession. They put the copy for the horse. Wait, we're, we're trying to uh, have a, a court hearing here uh, that never came about. Then you've got the prosecutor with all of my documents that he was investigating to, I thought, arrest you know the bankers or the city officials involved. And he jumps the fence and is prosecuting me with my documents in hand that I can't use. You know, I mean, is there something wrong here, uh, Miss Colby uh Mr. Bob Mills? I know. But it's his buddy. He's got to protect his buddy. While his buddy's making money off the taxpayers. It's obvious with what I've got for records and that, that internal memo with him keeping the money. you think the taxpayers would be furious over this, but it's not out there other than what I've been able to put out there. 
said, Bob Mills isn't going to do anything. I went to him about it. And he says, this comes under the Privacy Act. I mean, how ignorant a person. <laughs> he's slick. You look at his background, all the things he's been charged with from here to Georgia, the list is long. That came out in the newspaper. Um, but he's he's cleaned up his act. No, he hasn't. He's the same person. I wish there was a way that this all here could get out there and let innocent people listen to this and wake up before it's too late for you. Leon says the title to stolen property does not transfer. That's right. I mean, it's not the first time they do that. You know, it's not the first time. They did it to my mother, too. But she was digging. That's when I started digging. There's so much that's, that needs investigation in that town and in that county, including the courts uh, or the Alfred Superior Court. There's so much. It's pathetic. I wish I could find that thing because it was so strongly worded, but I can't find it. So Bob Mills is also one of the people saying he was molested, I believe. He's what? He's one of the ones saying he was molested. Didn't he say that? Bob Mills? No, I don't think so. Well, who is it then? Is there another Mills? Maybe, well, I think maybe the governor understood it because it sounds like maybe he went through that. I know he went through abuse, but I don't know if it was sexual abuse. Um, I don't know. No, Bob Mills was usually on the uh, the doing side, not the receiving end. Well, this this is the thing I just posted. The link was something I was finding while trying to find the other the other thing that I read the other day that I can't find about the meeting they're going to have. Oh, it's a different Mills, Matthew Mills. Sorry. Okay, maybe he's another one that came forward. Bitterford resident Matthew Mills, twenty four. Okay. And I then after the next paragraph is one sentence. It says Mills said he was sexually abused as a child, but not by one of the officers in question. So it was a different Mills. Sorry. Uh-huh. Wrong one. Unless he's well, related. Know, Maybe he's related. One of the boys that men now that came forward, Bobby Kalex. Yeah, he's uh, listed in this too. Yeah, well, I I know Bobby, and he used to have a little coffee shop. And uh, we would go in and have coffee, and we were trying to, this was during the Gratello days, and he was fighting the, the city and, and I, I think probably the, the police department at that time. And we were comparing notes, this type of thing. So, you know, Bobby knows who I am, and I know who he is. And I know that he's been trying to get justice a long time. Uh, he had issues with the, with the, with the town. And, um, and I see that he's come forward. Were you saying not lawyer? No, not lawyers. We are talking about the abuse cases in Biddeford. Yeah, because this person in the chat, Gnostic One, is saying, "Are y'all lawyers?" Oh. Um, so they're saying they know about law and how to get redress and everything. So. Uh huh. Uh huh. But. If you want to talk to Gnostic One? They put their hand up. Well. Whoever he has a question or she has a question might be for you. It's about where you can get help to get redress, supposedly. I wish to share where one can find redress. 
example, Carl Lentz. Yes, I know who he's talking about. Uh, that's the one. Carl Lentz. Okay. All right. We know the difference between Admiralty and uh, the other courts. A lot of us already know that. We listen to a lot of stuff. So, I don't know, probably something more cheerful now. What else is going on? Anything? (laughs) I don't know. Ghost one? Oh, my gosh. I'm telling you, that little episode I had, which Dottie was privy to, I had an episode this past week where I was trying to get money to pay a tax lien, and I had um, asked members of my family to help me with it and uh, was greeted with quite shocking response. And it really threw me for a loop. So um, we did get the tax lien paid. We had help from a business friend. And um, I'm on the outs with some people right now that should have come forward, that could have and didn't. So I'm not very happy with that. But not much you can do about it. People have very weird attitudes about stuff like that. And um, so I have some things in progress. Things are going to improve because I now know what's going on that I didn't know before. So I always say hallelujah, God, and thank you for letting me know. Mm-hmm. Because things cannot stay hidden, and that's just the nature of life. You can think you're going to keep things hidden, and you can plot in secret, but eventually it will come out, and um, it probably had something to do with my headache last week. Let's put it that way. I was pretty upset. But well, I'm much calmer now. Things are clearer. Huh? It's enough to give you a headache. Oh, it was bad, and it's still difficult, but I'm not crying anymore because I do cry when I get upset. It's more it's more the uh, anger than it is anything else, but it's just such a shock. And um, I'm seeing things in a lot of places that make me think this is going to be a trend, so we need to be careful, really careful with anything we have, not to let people get too close or to have too much of an opinion about our decisions, because there are decisions, and um, our assets are ours. They're no one else's till we decide they are. And as far as having things thieved out of your life, like Captain Dottie, you know, that's just not right. And I've had some interesting conversations in the last week and a half because of this, and I'm finding that... Um, that also is a blessing in a way because when you go into a county courthouse and you go looking for deeds and things like that and you talk to the people there, they'll tell you that there's a lot of this stuff going on where people are trying to get other people's assets. There's there's a lot of stress right now in the money world and people are there. It's like every man for himself kind of thing going on. And it's pretty cutthroat. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, and it can be people very close to you that do it, and it's shocking. Yep. So, so um, you know, I'm I'm going going to be regrouping in a different way now. I'm going in a different direction, and um, it's going to be it's going to be good. I hope in a few months. But we'll see what happens. But I know that's a little vague, but it's a little vague, right? I'm anxious to. Um... Needs to be at the moment. Yeah, it needs to be at the moment. So, you know, I I managed to save this particularly nice piece of land because of help of a friend. That's how it was saved. Otherwise, it would have been lost. And I'm pretty upset with the people that were thinking they were going to do the brinksmanship stuff. 
shouldn't have been doing that. Is that more transparent? Hmm. People that would have an interest in a piece of property that I own that you'd think would help with taxes. So, <clears throat> anyway. I help the state uh, more than a lot of people uh, yep. through taxes, you know, to three cities or towns. Okay? Yeah. And never used a public school. So, you know, I supported all their schools. Yeah. And uh, did not use the schools. So, you know, I, I've been there for, for this state, for this, this city of Biddeford and two other towns um, for years and years and years. And and then you get this kick in the face. And then these people like this Corbeal person who doesn't know what she's talking about, keep it going. Like you say, you know, it's you got to watch who you trust. Yeah, well, the thing is that you can think that you have somebody trustworthy and find out they're not. That's right. So that's why, you know, like you say, you got to be very careful. Yeah, we've been talking about maybe, you know, putting putting um, certain things in the care of a complete stranger <laughs> just because they, then nobody knows who has the uh, authorities or whatever. A complete trusted stranger, a fiduciary type of stranger, not just somebody you met on the bus, <clears throat> but somebody who is unknown to everyone else. And that's because of the way that the media is encouraging people to go and um, get things under their control. So I, I heard a horror story today that's just been on my mind, but there's a woman, she's, this is a, a case that's you know, somebody that I know was telling me. The woman's 87 years old. She's living with her son and daughter-in-law who are, you know, up there in age too because that's what it is. When you get up to 87, your children are usually almost 70 or so or in their late 60s. And um, these people had helped themselves to like $150,000 of her settlement for something. I can't remember what happened to her, but she had a settlement for something that had happened to her. And um, they split it. You know, It was like uh, 75000 went to one and 75000 went to the other, her two boys, I guess. And um, now nobody wants her. She has no assets, so nobody wants her. And they're abusing her. They're, you know, telling her that she's not fun to live with and they don't love her anymore and all kinds of stuff like that. It's just horrible. Just absolutely horrible. And you know it would be a different story if her assets were still there. So, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. So right now they're, the other family members are trying to figure out how to get her out of that house because they know that she can't be there. She'll die there because they are, they're abusing her. They're leaving her home alone. They're, you know, telling her she's not loved and everything else and it's another state that she's in it's not in Maine so the relatives are deciding how they're going to get her out of there but the people she lives with got plenty of money out of her while they had the chance pretty awful yes it is doesn't make you feel too loved or happy that's for sure Mm -hmm. well that's abusive yep it is we recognize that so Others, others don't. This is what's yeah. you know, bothersome too. You know, just 
you know, be aware, I guess. I don't know what you do about these things because people, you know, people think everything's fine and then they find out it isn't and they're like, what the heck happened? What just happened? So, yep, I've been doing a lot of thinking. I've been cleaning stuff. I've been finding stuff. I was telling people before, like about a year ago, that one of these days I was going to find some of the stuff that um, I had thought was lost forever. And I've been going through paper because I've been trying to find paperwork for different things that I'm working on. And I opened up my drawer and I found the letter I got from Janet Reno. Remember her? Absolutely. Uh, I've got stuff um, that I can uh, dig up, too. Because Absolutely. I used to always write letters. You probably did. Yes, I did, and I guess enough of them. Well, this one, I, I, had said to, I said on Uda one night that, you know, people's minds can change and things can change. I said, because I, I wrote Janet Reno a fan letter about Waco. I told her I, told her I thought she did a great job. And um, I said it's one of those things that comes back to haunt me because now I know more about the story about Waco. But at the time, I wrote this letter, and um, I got back a response. So I have a letter from the Attorney General of, of uh, the United States. It says, Dear me, Dear Ginger, that's not my real name, Thank you for your concern regarding the tragedy at Waco. I appreciate hearing from all citizens, and I will continue to listen. I will do my best to serve the American people and to justify the confidence placed in me by President Clinton and Congress of the United States. And it's signed. So I have a signed letter from Janet Reno here. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see what else I have in my little pile here because I thought they were funny and I saved them for, so I could tell people. Um, my daughter and her friend, who was Vietnamese, wrote a, I think Vietnamese, I believe Vietnamese, um, wrote a poem for the Physicians for Social Responsibility, if anybody remembers back in those days. They used to, I think they're still around, but they would talk about nuclear war and how, you know, devastating it is and everything. And so their name was Physicians for Social Responsibility. And they had a big program at the University of Maine, and students had a chance to win a contest or whatever, write a poem. So they wrote this poem, and I came across it. It is called... The Child's Hope, The Child's Wish. The child hoped, the child wished, that today would bring peace, for yesterday was war. The hills were stained a bloody red, the sun cried a bloody red dawn, the country was certain death, the city lay in ruin. For what had come, what had destroyed them, it came without warning the day of destruction. The child is hoping, the child is wishing, that today will bring peace, for yesterday was war. As he lay there looking at the sky, wondering why it was so hot and dark and lonely, why no missiles fly overhead, why there's no laughter, no crying, no loving, no hating, no emotions or movement at all. The child hopes, the child wishes, that tomorrow will bring peace, for yesterday was hate. The future is dim, yet there is a cry, a cry for help, new life is born. The child hopes, the child wishes, and a white dove is born aloft on a new age of life the child's last hope, the child's last wish. Love and joy shall be. Peace and happiness shall reign. The child of hope, the child of wish is dead. And they were like 10, I think, when they wrote this. So they went to the University of Maine and they were honored and got a prize and all that stuff. And the friend um, works at CNN now. 
These are people that are now almost 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I found a letter that came from Bush Quail 92. It said, Dear Ginger Cookie, <laughs> yeah. on behalf of President Bush, thank you for sharing your views with him. Please be assured that your comments and concerns are being noted. Feel free to contact us. Contact us if we can provide additional information. I have no idea what this is for. And it's signed Robert Mossbacher, General Chairman of Bush Quail 92. Um, and I recognize that name, Mossbacher or whatever it is. I used to keep records of names of people to see who who they were and what they were up to. So I remember that name, and when I saw it, I laughed. Um, this uh, what's this one? Oh, just something I wrote about banks back in the old days. It's all heavily edited. Um, uh, it's, I'm going to read it because it must have been right around the time of Clinton because remember he was saying it's the economy stupid. That was one of the things he used to say, it's the economy stupid. So I put it stupid, the economy. That's how I started it. We used to be upper middle class. We have spent the past two years living below the poverty level. We wish we could know when it will end. We do We do know it will end. Back when George Bush told us we could spend our way out of the recession if we just would, we wrote him a heartfelt message in regard to that viewpoint. It was intended to be a reality check for someone who had no clue of what was happening and didn't want to get one. That must have been back when he was scanning, saying he didn't know what those grocery scanners were. Uh, for people that are younger, um, George Bush Sr., there was a story about the fact that he didn't know what the grocery scanners were because he'd never seen them before, so it was kind of funny. We have benefited from our financial straits in the following ways. Number one, we became better cooks. We gained health as well. In the process, we gained health as well and intangibles such as emotional well-being from the increased contact with our children who are now young adults. We used to find it easier to order a pizza back in our upper middle class days. Number two, we learned to be less wasteful. We heartily participate in recycling now. We don't grumble because we know how precious resources are and how difficult it is for companies to keep their costs down. My gosh, I sound like one of those uh, uh, nouveau hippies. That's so funny. This has to be from back. This has to be from back around Bill Clinton's time. Number three, we re- we have rediscovered the simple things in life: the cup of coffee, the kerosene lamps, throwing the ball for the dog. Number four, we found we could live without cable TV. Local channels bring us news, although biased at times. There's still Jeopardy, Sequest. I don't even remember Sequest. 60 Minutes, a movie can be rented for $3. Number five, we have been forced from having our wings clipped to focus on our home. This has caused us to rediscover what we need and what we cherish. Everything else can easily be sold to pay off the ever-present creditors. The downside, creditors. We used to be so creditworthy. Credit cards were nearly crammed down our throats. Now we have to answer the phone calls Saturday mornings instead of sleeping in after a 50-hour week. Is there any reason you have been unable to pay on time? Am I talking to a different person again? Yeah, we can't pay because we have no money. When we get some, we, you shall have yours. When people pay us, we'll pay you. That is the way the economy works. It's stupid, the economy. But we digress. Companies and banks that can walk the thin line between collecting money owed them in a tactful way 
and resist calling everyone a deadbeat will come out ahead when those of us who used to be UMC but are now BPL rise again. We will rise again, count on it. UMC is obviously upper middle class and BPL is below poverty level. So that was just, it, it's scribbled all over because it was edited. I don't know if I ever sent it to the Bangor Daily or something. Who knows? Um, I guess that's it. There was there was uh, just a big pile of stuff in a drawer, and I started picking through it. There were a lot of old Christmas cards, and James going to be proud of me because he keeps telling me to clean out my house. <laughs> While I'm doing it, I'm finding all this bizarre stuff. I was actually looking for a letter to the editor that I wrote about schools taking over the role of parents and um, the family and wanting to keep kids longer all the time during the day because apparently now there's a there's a an article or there was something someone posted today about um someone saying that kids should be kept at boarding schools like keep them all night all day 24 hours a day um because some kids aren't getting what they need at home they're not you know being given time to do homework or eat or whatever i don't know but I thought that was really funny because it was it was so long ago that I wrote that letter and I was saying the same thing. They won't be happy until they keep the kids from the time they are practically born and control every aspect of their life. So that'll be around the news soon if you haven't seen it. Someone talking about taking kids and putting them in boarding schools. Uh, what's next, you know? Well, there, there was a sideline for you. I guess in the political realm, the thing with uh, Stephanopoulos is coming out about how he contributed, like, a lot of money to the Clinton campaign and didn't say anything about it. I knew that he had a close connection with the Clintons, so that didn't really surprise me too much. But that's one of the things that, you know, will bother people, I guess, if they don't like corruption is that you've got somebody who's appearing to try to take the role of the um, moderator in different political debates and stuff, but he's actually like one of the close cronies of one side, which is the Clinton side. So, uh, well, I don't know. Um, we've been talking quite a while. Is there anything else you think we should... No, maybe um, Pete might want to come on. Yeah, we missed last week, so I don't know if you want to say anything, Desert Pete, Dottie. Well, maybe let Desert come in. I'll I'll go off and I'll listen on the computer. Okay. Okay, nice talking to you. talking about Biddeford because I think Maine needs to get some continue to get some exposure and if you guys are taking time off it needs to still keep coming out so well i'll come um i'll come on here and we can talk about it here okay i'll, keep you, I'll keep you posted on what i i know is going on okay i think it does generalize to the wider you know community because of the fact that the same things go on everywhere mm-hmm. oh yeah it's going on everywhere yeah uh, some people are more outspoken though than others and apparently i was uh, but I do it all over again too. Yeah, and then they then they knock you down because you're because you dare to open your mouth. 
Well, but somebody yeah, has to do it. Otherwise, they just go on their merry way with no obstructions. That's right, and that's what I said earlier. If the people in place are not removed as well, it's just going to continue even if they get justice for their, their particular issue. It's going to yeah. go on. That's right. I'll let you, I'm going to let you go, and uh, hello, Desert Pete. I'll be listening on the computer. Hello, Dottie. Hi there. I'll be listening. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Dottie. Hi, Desert Pete. Yeah, good evening, Ginger. How are things going out oh, there? Stressful week for me here. Ah. Um, yeah, boy, Dottie's uh, issues with, with property taxes back there. Uh, yeah, the, those issues are all around the country. Now, now if somebody yeah, is individually uh, targeting her, that that's that's much more terrible. But, uh, but yeah, uh, nobody owns anything. Uh, property taxes allows whatever version of government we we live under to to take it back from you. So uh, I think I wish you know, as far as looking back on my life, I wish I knew sooner exactly what kind of scam was being run on everybody. Because think about how much money people have paid in property taxes over the course of their life. It's mind-boggling. We could have been, you know, we could have been living on a yacht or something, but well, paying property taxes over a long period of time. Yeah. Uh, have a place to live. That or in the last hundred years, income taxes. Yeah. That didn't even yeah. exist prior to 1913, and the country did fine up until then. Well, they it, decided it, they were going to go in a different direction and build a different. Uh, yeah. Uh, t- taxes in general, I, I I really get annoyed by my 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 fellow redneck Christians that completely misquote scripture and say, "Oh, Christ said to pay your taxes," and then they just drop it at that and never bring up the issue of well, tax by who and how and under what conditions and whatnot. Where the actual scriptures says Christ pointed to a coin and said, "Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's." He never said, "Pay your taxes." He never said that. He said, "Give unto Caesar what is Caesar's." If Caesar prints the money and he wants it back, give it back to him. Go ahead and use some other money. You don't have to use Caesar's money. Uh, nobody wants to take logic uh, to the to the next step, and and the biggest problem with, with the Bible is nobody wants to quote it accurately. So I mean, scriptures get gets ripped out of context, right, left, and sideways. So uh, that's uh, that's the problem with that. And I've uh, I've often said, if I ever had the money to get, uh, if I ever let me rephrase that, if I ever had the wealth to uh, uh, have some custom coins stamped, and I know there are places that do that all around the country, if not the world. Uh, I'd love to get my picture stamped onto a gold coin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I, w- I would put my image on one side, and then I'd put something clever and sarcastic on the other, like uh, never trust anything with my picture on it, or something like that. But uh, uh, anyway, that, that, that's issues. And well, when, and when you bring up money, you have to bring up banks. 
and boy, have I got an issue this week, and now I'm ready to name a name. Okay. Uh, it's Bank of America. Yeah. Uh, I haven't really heard anything nice about the company. Uh, in fact, I heard uh, from a friend of mine over in Nevada that uh, the local town they lived in, I think it was Boulder City, uh, just moved their entire city's account out of Bank of America over to Wells Fargo because they felt leaving any money in Bank of America anymore was utterly risky. So that's a community making that decision. Yeah. And I just had a run-in myself where somebody fraudulently transferred some money into my account. Uh, and so the bank just shut down my account and took what little money I had in it. And I had to blow my entire Social Security account, uh, my entire month's Social Security, to bring the balance back to normal. And the the balance that, that I know was mine, they won't give me until uh, the end of the week. And I told them, they're hey, they're doing that's... an investigation, right? Isn't that what they usually say? Because we're investigating. Well, <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, I'll get. I'll address that issue in just a second. Let me finish what 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 they're guilty of. I walk in with a check from another bank, a good bank, yeah. with an account drawn on an account that I know had money in it because Social Security had just put it in that morning. So I walked into Bank of America and I brought that account current. I paid off the disputed money and said I will take the responsibility if. It was some business associate of mine that that did something wrong. I will bear the, the brunt of the responsibility. So here's the money to bring it current. As soon as they got my money in their hands, they closed the account permanently. And the the few extra dollars I had in there previously, they wouldn't even give give to me for until the end of the week, claiming they had to wait for my check to clear. From the other bank. Nice. Excuse me, I can go into anybody's public ATM and request to view my balance, and I can do that at a convenience store. Bank of America is telling me they can't tell what my balance is at another bank. They've got the they've got the tracking number. They've got they got a check in their hand, yeah. and they're telling me they can't tell me if that check is good for three days. Baloney. I know. I always said that. That I thought that was ridiculous because it goes really fast in their direction and really slow in yours. Exactly. Yeah. So there's that issue. But now let's get back to the investigation. Okay. I made multiple phone calls to the Bank of America fraud department. Kept getting voicemail. I finally found a number where I actually got a human being that answered, but it was only a secretary taking messages. I left a long message, call me back immediately. I said, I can solve the issue, just talk to me. Their fraud department would never return a phone call. Finally, I paid the local senior center uh, to get a ride over to the next town that has the Bank of America branch, and I walked in and walked up to the original banker that I opened the account with, explained everything, and like I say, I, I handed him a check. Uh, she went over, deposited it, and came back 
to tell me that the account was now closed. Well, what about the rest of the balance? Right. Oh, we'll come back for that Friday. I said, that's a $100 taxi cab ride from where I live. The taxi cab fire costs more than the amount of the balance that they owe me. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't anything she could do about it. I don't want to pick on that poor lady. She's obviously under well, under duress of, of, of yeah. yeah, she's under the duress of crooked management. That's the problem. But the last words I said with her was, "Why won't your fraud department talk to me?" I said the real issue in the, in that fraudulent deposit was whose computer initiated the trade. That's right. Any bank plants more cookies than you can imagine all over your computer. I know that after I open that account, uh, I would just go back to Bank of America's website, and their website knew me before I even entered a password or user. As soon as I pointed my browser to Bank of America, oh, they knew that they had a customer on the line. Hmm. That means they've got spyware beyond belief on every customer's computer. Which means if somebody transferred money fraudulently over to my account, they know whose computer did that. Yeah, they do. And, and the they won't too, tell me. a lot me. of that kind of stuff going on right now in banking because I've been reading about it on the, um, like, you know, where they put the um, IT, you know, like when people share their IT stories like on Facebook or different forum they're talking about stuff going on with banking because I'm wondering when it's going to start showing amongst the people there's there's shenanigans going on at banks all the time and they probably don't want to admit that it happened in the yeah. first place well they certainly no. know they certainly know because nothing happens without a trace in banking uh Anyway, I'm I'm glad to get That's out of awful. there, and they won't awful. be getting any any future business from me at all. That oh. that was ridiculous. Not returning a phone call. There's no excuse for that. No. That that leaves me totaling in the dark. Are they accusing me of pulling off that transaction? Good grief! They got computers all over my. They've got cookies all over my computer. They know if I would try something stupid like that. Yeah. And and secondly, the the person who debated the transaction obviously one of their own customers yeah to debate the transaction uh never said anything until a day after it happened that's why when the money showed up in my account it happened to be the same amount i was expecting from a third party that's why i saw that amount show up so i went out and spent it yeah because i was expecting it I didn't know that it came out of the wrong account. So now we've got another issue. The, as I opened the account, I was sternly told by the banker I opened up with, here are your passwords, here's your, your key code and all the other intricate stuff. And they sternly informed me, you never share that with anyone. Fine. I honored what I was told. I have not shared any of my content. Uh, online uh, data with anyone. Now, here comes another one of their customers 
money mysteriously disappears from their account and then shows up in my account. Okay, who did this other party share their contact information with? How did that money ever get out of their account? It's supposed to be secure there, isn't it? You would think, unless yeah. he did it himself, not someone else dipping in. Well, this is the issue. Now, when I contacted my third party, they are claiming that, oh, that individual works for us. They were supposed to pay it to you. Okay, well, now I'm stuck in a he said, she said kind of a situation, which I really need to iron out, but I could know the answer to that immediately if Bank of America would simply tell me whose computer did the transaction. Did it come from this person disputing it? Did they send it and then change their story after they sent it themselves? Or did this was a third computer involved? If a third computer is involved, that that tells me something real important here, that suddenly I have a new business contact I don't want to associate with anymore. Uh, but I can't say that to this new business associate yet until I know from the bank who did the transaction. Yeah, and I don't think they'll tell you a thing about that. And until I know that, I don't dare jeopardize a future business association here. There was some potential good news to happen out of that eventually. Yeah. How this suddenly pops up, I don't I honestly don't know. I don't know who's lying here and I need to get it corrected. Only the bank knows and they won't tell me. There's been stuff like that before where people can't get information out of banks. They'll just say that it's a security issue and they can't talk about it. Yeah. I mean, I would appreciate it if they would at least tell me if the computer that did the transaction was in another country. Okay, I that that would tell me something right there. And for that matter, the person who claims to have lost the money, I don't know where they live. So come to think of it, if they are a B of A customer in another country, and that's possible, I mean, somebody could start an account here in the U.S. and move to another country, and they still have the account. That could raise kind of a fourth set of worms here. Yeah, really. Uh, but uh, I, I'd just like to have some, some good, general, generic information about everything involved, like what country does this person disputing it live in, and... Where was the transaction done from? But uh, Bank of America won't tell me. So uh, that's the end of my business relationship with them until I get enough money to get to the next town and uh, go in and get my uh, my small refund back from them. Terrible. So uh, anyway, that's the fit I've been throwing on that. The other comment I put up earlier, the, the wind seems to have died down now, but when your show started, we had a strange windstorm here and a flock of birds were landing in the backyard and three of them crashed into my bedroom window here. It, the wind was so strong it threw the birds into the windows? Uh, well, I can't That's say the. I'm not sure the wind blew them here. It's just that as they were aiming for the tree, they kind of overshot the tree and flew into my window. <laughs> oh, 
they were disoriented at the very least then. Yeah, that, that's why I was wondering, is, is CERN doing something weird and, and we've got an electromagnetic disturbance and the birds can't even navigate? I don't know. There's weird stuff happening. Yeah. Uh, that was strange. I've, I've seen birds fly into my window before and you all, you, you kind of think to yourself, well, you, you wonder if, if they're trying to give you a message or something. Uh, when, when animals start acting weird like that, but but one bird is one thing, but to see three of them here in, in this course of about an hour and a half bang into my window was uh, that was weird to see. Um, let's see, looking at the other things here on my list. Um, I missed everybody last week. I was like, man, they're going to be like sitting there going, where is she? But I had. Splitting headache. I couldn't even get it to calm down with like ibuprofen every so many hours. It just wouldn't stop. But it was a lot of stress, and I think that was part of it. Or yeah, caught something. I don't really know for sure. I was. I just didn't feel good for hours on end. I was feeling sorry for you on that. I've oh, had horrible headaches too before, and that fortunately I don't have many anymore. But uh, uh, yeah, that that's nothing comfortable to, to put up with. Um, oh, this is kind of able danger related. Uh, field, uh, I don't know why it was a real short, like three minute video thing of the Wednesday show uh, in archive. I don't know if the first yesterday you mean? Yeah. He had to restart it a couple times, so it might have been that it was a different link for the uh, longer one. Okay. He had to restart it. Something happened. Well, I didn't see a long link. I only saw a little short one. But in, oh, in that know. short, in the short one that I did see, he uh, he was pointing out to this uh, this train wreck, uh, the recent one. Yeah. Uh, really smells of of an electronic hijacking, and I have to totally agree. Me too. Um. But uh, if you've looked at Jim Stone's page uh, today, uh, Jim Stone is claiming it was Stuxnet. And his reason for that was that the uh, engineer of the train said his speedometer was reading 50 miles an hour as they entered the curve, even though the raw logistics of the accident show that it was doing over 100. And Stuxnet, that, that's a trademark of Stuxnet, is for the instrumentation to read perfectly normal while the machinery is doing something completely Well, they were saying, I remember when they were talking about how the reason it was ruining the machines is it was allowing them to run fast and hot when they had a limiter on them. Yeah. And I noticed the guy who was on the news that was supposed to be such an expert on trains and everything, he was hemming and hawing. They asked him, it was like last night, I think, they were asking him about the speed and... He started talking about the tracks. He he completely diverted to a different topic as though that was yeah. answering the question. And I, I thought, you know, what does that have to do with 100 miles plus an hour? Uh, exactly. And even though I, unlike Jen Art, who doesn't trust anybody in talk shows except us, uh, <laughs> Alex Jones. I don't know jo- if Jen Art trusts us either, but that's Well, that might be true. Uh, Alex Jones occasionally hits the nail on the head, so I, I'm not going to broad brush the guy. Uh, but on this train story, with the only headline I glanced at when I looked at his uh, his page was uh, 
they were immediately blaming you on uh, oh a, a decaying infrastructure. Yeah, really. That's well, right. Well, that sounds too mainstream. For that me. also doesn't make trains go a hundred plus miles an hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and neither does the experience of the engineer or, you know, they the things are automated. Yeah. And why people can't see this? They I think they think that somebody's sitting there driving it like a truck. And it isn't how it works. Well, it's a panel that you watch like you would if you worked in a mill and your machine was running. You watch the panel. They're not driving in the train. There there's just this naive mentality I have experienced since the 1950s. That's the assumption that computers are always perfect and they never go wrong. I don't even know if they is, realize a computer is driving things like this. Uh, I, I think they think the guy was driving it. And that he went well, fast like you would in a in a bus or something. Just like the German airline crash. They're claiming it's a co pilot was suicidal. Or we able angelites know that no, the plane was electronically hijacked and flown into the mountain. Yeah, he's not sitting there flying it like Sky King. Right. <laughs> you you remember that show? Yeah. One I love fav- Sky King. One of my favorites. Yeah, it was one of my favorites too. I used to watch all those Saturday morning shows. And he I had a twin it. engine airplane, not just a single. Uh, that was the, uh, yeah, he'd be flying over. Wasn't he like the sheriff or something, and he flew a plane to go to the places? I don't know. Uh, I, I loved I, I, all those shows, though. <laughs> I don't remember enough uh, enough of the details anymore. It's just I that, know. Uh, that uh, as, as a young boy, he flew a real real nifty toy. So uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's why I admired it. And his it's daughter, a, Penny. He yeah. His daughter, Penny. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but my rich uncle only had a single engine airplane, and so that's why I was so so amazed that uh, wow, this guy flies a twin engine airplane. So I know it's a big uh, deal. He's even richer than my uncle, my rich uncle. <laughs> but that's wow. Hollywood for you. So. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but uh, no, I just wanted to point up the point out the kind of discrepancy between Abel Danger and Jim Stone. Jim Stone is saying Stuxnet on the on the train and David Hawking seems to be sticking with the spread baiting uh electronic hijacking. Uh and I I don't know. They they both have good points. Uh Jim Well Stone. the thing I don't understand is how we can have something almost every day when we would go months without any emergencies or, you know, multiple injury or multiple death crashes or anything, and now it's every day. Well, I we still can't see that something's wrong with that. I think a comment by Jeff Rents last night answers that. He was uh, starting to talk about the uh, the 200-foot-high explosion that happened over at Indian Point, the, the nuclear power plant. Oh, I didn't and hear he about said, that. And he said, take note that only the next day a train crashes. Each story is just another act of anxiety to get the other story off the front page. That's right. And get people worrying about something else. Uh, so how long is the train wreck going to be on the front page before uh, that has to get wiped off when somebody starts 
starts discovering something something true about it. Yeah. If uh, if any truth ever starts to creep anywhere near the front page, you're going to see another disaster happen just to get the whole story off the page. Yeah, uh, they always have. They always have a big list of things to release. Yeah. And they'll sometimes if there isn't anything too much going on, they'll just drag out an old story and update it. Something they think would be interesting to people, you know, it'll be Bruce Jenner or somebody, something they. Oh, here's another Bruce Jenner story. How many different ways can they blow up buses and crash trains? Because it's not the first train that's crashed either in the last couple of years. Um, before people say, hey, you know, something's weird about this. Yeah. And there was something about Hillary with Boeing. Did you see that? No, I missed that one. I saw it and I was like, ooh, ooh, here's a good one, you know, and I and I went to find it because I forgot to read it. Um, let's see if I can find the link to it because it was, I went, Hillary and Boeing. Who would have put those two things together except people doing able danger stuff? Yeah. <laughs> um, shoot, where the heck did it go? I know I had it here because I was going to go back and read it. Oh. Um, Clinton facing new ethics questions on the role in the Boeing deal. And I never looked at what it was, but, of course, Boeing, because it has the uninterruptible autopilot. Right. And um, there were some other things related to Boeing. And she's the one that had the patent on that gyro chip, right, for the autopilot. Yeah. Uh, so, QRS-11. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it. But no. So when I saw that, I went, it says, when Hillary was America's top diplomat, she also appeared at times like a top salesperson for America's biggest airplane maker, Boeing. Traveling abroad on official business as Secretary of State, Clip. Clinton often visited Boeing facilities and made a pitch for the host country to buy Boeing jets. I just bet she did. This cracked me up. I'm like laughing because I'm like, of course she wants them to have Boeing jets because they'll have the uninterruptible autopilot on them, and then she could crash them if she wants, right? Anyways, that probably is too far out for people that are listening right now. But anyways, they like crashing airplanes for either to kill off who's on it or for insurances, or whatever, to make a splash. But um, there's a relationship with Hillary Clinton to this type of technology, and Boeing is what has it, so that's why I'm laughing. During one visit to Shanghai in May 2010, she boasted that more than half the commercial jetliners operating in China are made by Boeing. So she's, just, you know, talking about Boeing, how great it is. So... Um, in 2010, I skipped a paragraph. In 2010, Boeing landed the Russian deal worth $3.7 billion, and two months later, the company donated $900,000 to the Clinton Foundation. The chain of events is raising new questions for Clinton and Boeing as the former Secretary of State launches her 2016 presidential campaign. The Boeing deal only adds to a growing list of business deals involving Clinton Foundation donors now coming under scrutiny. And then there was um, something about Haiti mentioned in here in the Red Cross. Remember we were talking about Haiti and how the, 
the uh, relief arrived before the earthquake happened. <laughs> it's like, here's all the people set up to take care of a mass casualty event, only it hasn't happened yet. The logistics were suspicious in the Haiti earthquake because somebody knew ahead of time. It sounds like, how could you possibly know? But if you can create an earthquake, you can know. So anyway, down down the page a little bit, it says, um, our contribution to the Clinton Foundation to help the people of Haiti rebuild was a transparent act of compassion and an investment aimed at aiding the long-term interests and hopes of the Haitian people, the spokesman said. The company also pointed out that it gave the American Red Cross $1.3 million after the devastating 2010 earthquake. Clinton defenders say there's no smoking gun. There's zero evidence that Hillary Clinton went to bat for Boeing for any reason other than to benefit the U.S. economy and U.S. workers, said former Clinton-Gore advisor Richard Goldstein. But the financial connections don't end there. Boeing also paid former President Bill Clinton $250,000 for a speech in 2012. It was a speech that was approved by the State Department's Ethics Office, which according to an Associated Press report often approved the ex-president's speaking engagements within days. And... um, uh, Boeing's chief lobbyist and former Bill Clinton aide Tim Keating hosted a fundraiser for Ready for Hillary, the political action committee, raising money to help fund a run for the White House. Boeing took no issue with Keating doing so. So anyway, I'll give you this one. I I, <laughs> I don't even know where I saw this, but when I saw Hillary and Boeing together, I had to save that link. So uh, I forgot yeah. about it while I was talking. So here it is. Fox News, it says. Okay, I have to bookmark that one. Oh, that's that's my uh, extent of my <laughs> ability to bring new information to the table tonight. It's been exhausting this week. We did our run over to New Hampshire again. That's over in Mitt Romney country. They like being up by Lake Winnipesaukee. So that we went over. We got up at three in the morning, drove over there to make it before the ten o'clock drop dead deadline. How many years have I done that? Pretty tiring, but I got to have a good chat with the tax collector over there and she said there's a lot of people throwing each other under the bus over money and uh property is one of the things they like to fight over, so and she's a she's an older lady too. She should have retired, but she knows, you know, her job real well and that's how it happens with a lot of people that do those types of jobs. They stay until the last you know, the last gasp almost, because they know the whole office procedure and everything. She's a really nice lady. I've talked to her many times. But we were waiting in the parking lot when she came to work. I think we got over there about 7.30 or 8 o'clock. The sun had been up about an hour. I don't know. Sometimes I think that life is too comical. Yeah, well, speaking of uh, Hillary and and uh, contestants, I'm uh, yeah. The last thing on my list tonight, uh, I wanted to bring up that I'm uh, in the process of writing a a platform for the flush the toilet party. Ah, uh, the one in Washington D.C. Uh, yeah, as, yeah, as okay. I mentioned before, and the flushing toilet party. I think the uh, the only uh, the the flush the toilet party. Uh, flush the yeah, toilet yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, it hasn't been flushed since the Beltway was created. It's time to flush it. <laughs> um, and 
because because all parties have been taking a dump in the same toilet seat all along, and it's time somebody flush it. Now, uh, I think the only way we can get any representation with with a, a startup party like this is that we call for write-ins only. Mm-hmm. We don't want a name on the ballot. And our our reasoning for that is that if you can't write, you shouldn't vote. <laughs> yeah. So... So uh, that would be the uh, the, the What if they could that. write but they couldn't spell? Uh, well, that could be an issue. Yeah, how many letters did they have to get right? Like, because that would give an advantage to like a Bush over a Clinton. Uh, I don't think either one of them are going to be the candidate. By the way, I don't think they're um, popular enough. So. Uh, as corrupt as both parties are and as paid off as the media is, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised to see both of them there. You wouldn't? Um, I don't think people will tolerate that. I'm uh, I'm eventually going to post this on my blog. Uh, it's not posted yet, so I don't have a link. I've just got a raw word processor here in front of me. Yep. But uh, I'll be pointing out that Whoever candidate you think you like, if they aren't addressing these issues, they're no better than a horse thief. They're they're stealing your ability to survive. Yep. And people need to address issues like the Federal Reserve, income tax, property tax abuse. Um, a real investigation of 9/11, not the. Uh, the the brushed off uh, whitewash that the Bush administration did, um, and for uh, Jeb Bush to say that he would also have invaded Iraq, I think he said so many different things about Iraq that nobody really knows what exactly he said at this point. I thought he said today that he wouldn't have. Like he. Well, correcting what he said, depending on what people, uh, how they react, and it's like I think he's said everything now. Every yeah, well now he's definitely he's definitely playing politician if he keeps flip flopping. It's ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Because most most of the people in the United States, even when they supported it in the first place, they realize now that the evidence was not there, so they didn't support it. Now you can't go back, though. I mean, it already happened. They based it on what they thought they knew at the time. However, we found out later that it was bogus. Yeah. But, so. Uh, no, just just going down my list here of, of of issues that real candidates should be addressing. Yeah. Uh. Why has the Department of Energy not replaced the polluting industries of coal, oil, and nuclear? There's other clean energies out there. They're not getting any funds. Why are they allowing the Nuclear Regulatory Commission to do all the corrupt things they do, like hide all the radiation that they're all that all our reactors are leaking, and hiding all the truth about Fukushima? Uh, issues like that need to be discussed. Here's another one: Is America really administered by the U.S. Constitution, or is it just a corporation? Somebody needs to debate that and bring the real facts out to the public. Because I know intelligent people who can't really answer that clearly. I think I'm one of them. 
Um, I thought that the corporate paperwork was actually seen. I thought that people had gone and looked it up, and it's there, the corporate paperwork. Yeah, but ask uh, nine out of ten of your intelligent friends what rules the country, the U.S. Constitution or some corporate charter hidden somewhere. Yeah. Who can answer that? I, I honestly, I'll state bluntly, I can't answer that. I don't know. Well, we have... Obviously, we have something running that's different than the Constitution because we have statutes. That's what we live by are those statutes. That's not in there. None of that stuff's in there. Yeah. So. So, uh, you know, I just got several points here. Why is it a dual standard for banks that are caught laundering hundreds of millions of dollars, get a slap on the wrist, but small drug users have the hammer dropped on them. Uh, there's a federal prison out here I was driving by with my brother not long ago, and uh, he kind of made a, a sad comment about uh, the, the people that had just gone wrong in their lives to end up there, and then I brought up the issue. Well, I just wonder how many of them are in there unjustly and they're simply political prisoners. Because yeah. the fact remains, there are people that ticked Bill Clinton off, and he got them into federal prison during his governor administration, and those people are still there. Uh, how is that happening? How? Why do we have any political prisoners in this country? that just because they angered a, a powerful person, they get locked up the rest of their life. There needs to be an investigation into that and let those people out. Um, yeah, why is the major media only covering has-beens? The, the same old names that we've seen before. I know that, that too. That they lost because everybody voted none of the above, and they voted for the the least of all evils, and those guys that were has-beens from past elections, they didn't even get a nudge. Uh, quit showing me the same old garbage before. Show some str some r new faces that are bringing up these real issues here. Anyway, that's only one of my three pages I got on my long list already. Uh, like I say, I'm eventually going to post it on my blog, which I have not updated for about four years. So this will be the most most recent story on there, and I hope to get it up by next week. So uh, remind me when I get online next week that, uh, uh, to put that link up. But uh, will anybody from the Flush the Toilet Party get elected? Most likely not. Uh, could we get some representation if uh, if we just started passing this list around and say, here are the issues that need to be held. Write in whatever candidate you think might handle that, even if it's your next-door neighbor. Uh, is a, a better candidate than the garbage the news media is focusing on and, and doing nothing but showing embellished stories about any, anybody and everybody. Uh, it's just nauseating, the, uh, the standard... Uh, uh, Bernay advertising uh, formula used on every new political candidate. I mean, you're you're used to seeing the same saccharine smile on all of them, posing with alleged family members, even if they're a fake family like Obama's. Uh, it's, it's disgusting. 
So anyway, let's let's try spreading some truth around and. Uh, Facebook posts or whatever. Although I I don't say much on Facebook anymore. I've encountered so many morons on there. Uh, none are direct friends. It's it's when a friend puts up something controversial that you kind of have to comment about. And when you do, yeah, because if you don't, people think you agree with them. Well, that's it. And I then, got into a big argument with my cousin one day on that stuff, and she ended up hardly speaking to me anymore but that's all right oh yeah <laughs> i uh well i i put this up uh in in the chat a little earlier and and Velam has sent condolences to me for it uh i had a fr- the only friend in the world i can say i honestly know this guy for the last 50 years mm-hmm. he and i met on the same side of town in the little town I grew up in, when we were both about four years old. Uh, so, let's see, five years old. How old am I now? I've known this guy for like 59 to, to almost 60 years. And he put up something, we'll just say, about Ronald Reagan on Facebook, and I corrected his quote, is all I did. I happen to know a few people that worked with Reagan. I happen to have known somebody who was a docent at the Reagan Library. I'm a little qualified to know a little bit of correct history on Reagan. Yeah. So I just corrected that. I didn't insult this person in any way, shape, or form. I just corrected the quote. And this person unfriended me. Freaked out. Something was bothering him. Somebody I've known for 60 years? I know. Isn't it weird? I've heard people say this happens, though. (laughs) And his parting comment was, I I won't quote him, I'll I'll just say it was extremely rude. And I'm wondering, is this the same person I've known for 60 years? What's going on? Another thing I'm noticing. A lot of people are changing in such a bizarre and fast way. It makes you wonder if there's something else going on. Because it's like the people aren't the same people you knew. They've changed, yeah. like, drastically. And I'm wondering, look, neither he nor I knew Ronald Reagan personally. Well, you did Ronald, Yeah, Ronald oh. Reagan was not a personal friend of either one of us. It's not like I insulted one of his friends. No. Uh, I was just correcting a quote, and... Suddenly, he blows away a 60-year friendship? That, that's what these computer screens are doing to us. Staring at these LCDs and or whatever uh, I agree. all day I long, it, yeah, it, uh, it, it pushes all of us into a, a minor case of, of, of paranoia that makes us kind of explode in the wrong direction at times. And and put stuff up on the, on the chat screen as you mentioned earlier. You think you're having a private conversation, and oh no, I'm on a public chat board here, or tonight I'm on a public talk show. Anybody in the world could tune in to talk show and listen to my comments here tonight. Right. So I don't want to say right. anything personal and attacking anybody here. It's just that I, I I was just in shock when 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 this this real old friend that I've known that long, I could say that he he happened to be the only person in the world I could say that I've known that long. Short of my parents and my brother, uh, 
so yeah, c- computers and Facebook. Oh, there's other statistics. Oh, well, I think it's something like a a third of all divorce filings now have the word Facebook in them. Really? It was a horribly high statistic. I don't know. It may have been half. Hmm. But and and shocking. Uh, the what's that got to do with tearing apart marriages? A lot. Um. And well, I'm I'm thinking way back into the the late '90s when uh, Michael Eisner was uh, still chairman of Disney. Uh, he issued a memo that forbid employees from exchanging emails with each other. Now that was back when emails were a new thing. Yeah. And he had noticed that the emailing concept changed everybody's personality. And flippantly rude comments were just banged in and zapped off without a person even thinking about what diplomacy should have been involved in the comment. Well, the other thing, too, is that without the tone of voice, you don't know what the phrase means. Like, somebody could say the exact words, and if you hear it on a good day, you hear it a good way, and if it's a bad day, you hear it in a bad way. I know. So they'd start, you know, lobbing off insults at each other. I kind of get that, but... Yeah. Uh, Because you may have just, er, just a few minutes earlier, read a flippant comment from another person, and that which gets you into a into that mind frame yeah. of a conversation to where oh if everybody's being flippant today then I'll be flippant too, and then the next person you talk to well he's going through something serious, and you say something that's partially flippant or mildly flippant and it just comes off totally wrong. And oh, that that happens so often in email. I I almost have to discipline myself whenever I get any any emails from a friend that might anger me about anything. I just make sure I don't reply at at least until the next day. Yeah. I have to sleep on it. Me too. Uh, uh, which is why I hate electronic chat with everybody on whether it's Skype or Yahoo or all the various systems out there is uh well on, on a live chat with somebody your uh your spelling is usually forgotten about <laughs> and spelling yeah. errors are abundant. And did the other person just make a spelling error and and completely uh uh, butcher the context of what they were trying to say to you, <laughs> or, or what? Uh, oh, it's a key word. Is somebody posted something, and it was uh, it was just one letter. I'm trying to remember what that word was. Sometimes, yeah, it's a typo, and it'll cause somebody to be upset. Yeah. Well, I remember. A, a very intelligent person was forcibly kicked out of an organization of, of at that time a powerful organization because of a comment he had made in electronic type on a chat board and further investigation showed that the key word the active verb of the entire paragraph 
was a misspelling by one letter. Yeah. Misspelled by one letter, changed the whole tone of the comment, and got him kicked out of the organization. And, of course, spell checking isn't always catching that because change one letter and it's a different word. Well, yeah, (laughs) it's a different word that the spell checker doesn't know the context of the intent. That's right. The computer won't fix that. That's for sure. So, uh, uh, so yeah, things can go wrong. But, but yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm mildly serious about just getting the spread, spread the word about the flush the toilet party, and if, if nothing else, have it, have it become a theme to get any real candidates out there discussing some real issues, and forget this baloney about oh your opinion on that and your opinion on this and. Uh, uh, and what color should the campaign bus be painted, and and what kind of crap like that they want to go through? No, let, let's get some real issues up there to, to talk about. Yeah, something real would be good. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's about the end of my list for the for the week. And uh, oh, I'm surprised I didn't cut, get cut off uh, ten minutes ago. I did. I went. I was gone. Oh, good. And I was blabbing. You were talking, it. so you didn't. You probably noticed I wasn't interrupting you, but that was it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, I I was gone. I came back. It cut off about ten thirty, like normal. Okay. Very good. We're all falling asleep here. We it took a toll on us. All this stuff, the stress, the past week, and um, we've been sleeping a lot. So it's like we've been going to bed and napping and all kinds of stuff because it just was exhausting. You know. We're not as young as we used to be. Some of the stuff doesn't roll off quite as fast. Yeah. I was hearing reports that you folks back there were getting frost warnings again. Yeah, we were. I think last night, actually. Tonight, it's supposed to go down to the 30s again. Like, But it's pretty warm during the day. The sun is really warm. Some of the days we had in the last week were very hot in the afternoon. Like, you, if you were not in the breeze at all, it was hot. Mm-hmm. So we've got some pretty intense sunlight. Should warm up soon, I hope. We haven't started gardens yet or anything like that. So well, we had a, a a brief summer here that flirted with the high 90s for about a week, and then came the chemtrails, and now we've got clouds rolling in, and it. Well, it's threatening rain. It's just that no, we're in a drought. When 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 we see threatening rain out here, you feel about three drops on your wrist, and that's about it. Uh, so whether we get real rain or not, I don't know. Not very likely. But the all the flowers the backyard was was blooming with uh, just a month ago are are all dead and brown and uh, blowing away mm-hmm. now. Dried up. Yeah. That's pretty depressing to see. Yeah, really. Our friends over in Vegas wondering if they're going to have to move because uh, Lake Mead is uh, is really getting low. They tell me they say there, there's more uh, more rock formation showing up uh, on on the shoreline almost daily there. So, oops! It looks like my computer just crashed. I was looking at James just got like one 
one or two words on each line. Oh, my goodness. I don't even know what they're talking about in here. I think I'm just exhausted. (laughs) So anyway, I guess we should just, you know, keep doing what we're doing. And it's helpful, at least for mental health, I think. I I enjoy hearing from people. I want to know what's going on because I don't know what I'd do if it was just, you know, the people I see around me, they're kind of still asleep and they don't really care. They don't want to worry about anything, so they don't. And uh, Well, I I share the camaraderie there, knowing that people on both ends of the country are are encountering the same financial uh, setbacks. Well, I like knowing that people have a clue what's going on, too. I mean, it's not just, you know, going by unnoticed. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the banks are in trouble, and they're trying to put the pressure on the little guys. Yeah, so. and they're uh, they're holding your money for uh, every extra day that they can, no matter what yeah. the amount is. And in, in my case, if somebody commits a crime, but you're an easy target, uh, they know where I live, they know where my account is, Yeah. Uh, let's take it from him. And uh, we don't have to pay these high-priced uh, IT guys to go chasing uh, IP numbers around the world, but uh, but let's let's just take it from the from the easy target, and uh, that's what people aren't going to want to have their money in the banks, and that's their own fault. Yeah. So. Well, where do you put it, and where do you how do you transfer it when you need to? Because that that's my own little gripe with the. Uh, with the Patriot talk shows claiming that go out and buy gold coins and have a closet full of gold coins and that'll solve all your problems. And I'm thinking, no, now you got, now you have theft risk. And along with how in the world do you pay bills with a stack of heavy gold coins or a bag full of them? You're going to go mailing well, you those. You always go country. stick them in the bank right before you write your check. <laughs> Yeah, so I have a chance to thieve it away from you. Yeah. Hmm. No, I still see value in paper currency, but uh, yeah. but we need we need the old term constitutional money, money that's that's printed and regulated in, in its volume by a by a sane government. Yeah. When's that going to happen? Yeah, I know. That'd be great, wouldn't it's, it? That that's an oxymoron in itself, I guess. But uh, yep. But we can dream on. And I'll uh, I'll be posting a, a batch of uh, Desert Pete opinions there on what what the real candidates should be talking about here. Hopefully in another week. Uh, that's uh, that's the end of my list for the week. So uh, I guess we'll we'll sign off here from the West Coast and uh, thank everybody for uh, enduring our our views here for another week. Yeah. And uh, and we'll catch you next time. And, uh, All right, we'll we'll do it. We'll keep on keeping on, I guess. All right, best we could do. Okay. okay. Catch you next week, and uh, right. keep keep an aspirin handy. <laughs> really, thanks, thanks, yeah. Desert Pete. Okay, bye for now. Bye for now. All right, chickadees, as we say in Maine, my little chickadees. I'm half asleep, so. We were staying up late at night, but now, boy, we've been tired, so we've been going to bed, so I'm kind of lagging. Anyway, um, so did we solve anything tonight? Hopefully somebody learned something, something new, something they could go look up, maybe just 
the Hillary and Boeing connection. I don't know. Maybe the fact that corruption exists in these towns and that like that everywhere. And so look around and see what's going on where you are. Probably the same thing. People that do this stuff for their life's work and just go from one office to another and it's the same group running everything. So I think any little pebble in the water is making that ripple effect and causing you know things to change. I sent a little letter to the bank yesterday, which I was waiting for, like, you know, the crack and the, um, whatever you call that, the, um, oh, shoot, now I can't think of the word, the crack in the, um, it's not the matrix, but something else that will cause things to change. Um, And it was just a simple thing. It was, you know, hey, you had something show up on my closing statement last fall, and you haven't explained why it was there. It was an amount of money. And so here's what would be great is if you just take that amount of money and put it in my my um, payment for my home equity line of credit and also put the remainder in my overdrawn checking account, and that would be good. And that was pretty much it. I didn't put it in exactly those words, but send it off to the bank, to the home office, see what's happening. It's, uh, you know, probably posted up on the wall in the boardroom is how I picture it, and they're trying to figure out how they're going to respond because as far as I know and what I've heard from people that do real estate closings, you can't just stick something on it because those are federal forms. You can't just stick some bogus thing that you've made up out of thin air onto it. It has to be a real figure that can be proven by accounting, basically. And um, this, I think, was something they thought they'd get away with doing. So if it is that way, and if they weren't supposed to take it, and they know that I'm aware of it, that they took it, they may just quietly go and put it back in my account. So we'll see what happens. It would be kind of cool if they did that. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to say goodnight, and I hope that you're all being good in there because it looks like you might not be being good in that chat room. I'm going to say goodnight and end the recording, and uh, see you next week. Hopefully everything will go well, and we'll start seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. Okay? Have a good week, and thanks for coming. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.